Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show with Brian Bonner. The finest uncooperative, conservative radio on the net. Kicking down the walls, blowing away the smoke screens. You cockroaches, and you know who you are. You can run, but you can't hide. Brian Bonner stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Enemies of America, foreign and domestic. Consider yourself on notice. Uncooperative Radio is coming for you. Okay, and welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from uncooperativeblogger.com. You're listening to uncooperativeradio.com. And I'm here with my lovely wife and producer, Susan. Say hello, Susan. Hello, American Patriots. All right. What are we talking about tonight? We start the show with the Pledge of Allegiance. What is a snowflake test? We will tell you. Then the Fuzzy Muzzy Report and the Illegal Alien Invasion Report. There is new news coming out of Venezuela, and Brian will analyze some news headlines if we get to it. All right, Patriots, hand over heart, face the flag. You don't have a flag, get a flag, or buy a flag, or make a flag. You can make it out of construction paper. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And for the record, the porcelain dolls that call themselves indivisible, uh, we've never been more divided in this country. What a stupid name for it. Oh, that makes sense. It's always the opposite of what they they really are. They lay, label themselves dif- differently so you don't catch on. Because they know what they're doing you don't like. Uh, all right. A CEO invented a snowflake test from the new Boston Post. You'd better put on your safety pin. This article is sure to trigger some of you. Why? Because, gasp, you're about to get some real talk from someone who makes hiring and firing decisions every single day. This article is by Kyle S. Ray. Reyes, I think it is, president and CEO of the Silent Partner Marketing. He's also an acclaimed keynote speaker on entrepreneurship, leadership, marketing, and social media. Companies across the country do their best to make you feel all warm and fuzzy about them. They want everyone to want to work for them. 
They want to create this grand illusion that you're the you're the more magical than Disney. Uh, we don't, no more Disney references. Homosexuals. Done. <clears throat> they sell the experience that they do things like donate socks to kittens and give each other foot rubs and all of that weird crap to make people happy. Their oxygen is your desire to work for them. Then, of course... You get there and realize it's miserable actually working for the company, but here's the thing. I don't want most people to work for my company. No, seriously. Most people suck. (laughs) Great. (laughs) (laughs) What did he just say? (laughs) I said most people suck. Really. Not just professionally, just as people. They are whiny, needy, entitled little brats. Not just millennials. Their parents, their grandparents, their kids, lots of people. And I want to pe- I want people to work for me who don't suck. Now, see, he's just saying what I keep saying, three generations. You see, the millennials, their parents, their grandparents, three generations of people. That My suck. parents and grandparents <laughs> were whiny little useless pieces of crap. Yeah, but if you start with, start with the millennials and the kids after the millennials, and then you go backwards, they're... They're not as far as we are. We're a lot older than the millennials are. And we're a lot older than their parents are. And we might even be older than their grandparents I doubt are. we're older than their parents. Unless they're, unless they're children in well, K well, through 12. Well, millennials are what? They're, they're, they're graduated from college already. Right, but they're in their 20s and early 30s. Right. So, yeah. So, I'm just saying, there's really no way to go backwards from there. Well, he is. Because that's really going forwards, and I can't see into the future. Well, he just did. (laughs) Really? But what if we fixed the education system? Then we wouldn't put out indoctrinated little whiny witch. I probably shouldn't say that, but porcelain dolls. I'm not calling you a snowflake. You're not that interesting. No, you're really not. Oh, where was I here? I don't know. Listen, we've got all the magical stuff. We have a 30-foot bar in the office with literally thousands of bottles of heavenly liquid. We have an Xbox, huge beanbag chairs, an office dog, a private caterer, and a personal trainer. We get hundreds and hundreds of people reaching out to work for us. But again, lots of people suck. I realized that pretty quickly. And I also realized it was time... Suck. It was a time suck on my staff and me to be weeding through endless piles of paper, trying to find the handful of people who actually want to hustle for a living and would be a great fit for our company. So I've implemented something that is going to give HR managers and the PC police night sweats. That's all? They're not going to burst into flames? I lovingly refer to it as the snowflake test. Anyone who may be a viable candidate for our agency has to take the test before they get an interview. It's 30 short answer and essay-style questions. Oh, my God, they've never even seen that. You just get rid of them right there. Look at those essay and fill the blanks and just go crying home. Because they can't read anyway. We want to get in their heads, see how they apply logic and reason to different scenarios. (laughs) Many people in my generation 
would fail the snowflake test, to be honest with you. <clears throat> so see how they apply logic and reason to different scenarios. See what makes them tick. See if they'd be a good fit for our culture. Among those questions, outside of standard benefits, what benefits should a company offer employees? What are your feelings about employees or clients carrying guns? What are your feelings about safe spaces in challenging work environments? Should trigger warnings be issued before we release content for clients or the company that might be considered controversial? How do you feel about police? When was the last time you cried and why? What are your thoughts on the current college environment as it pertains to a future workforce? What does faith mean to you? You see someone stepping on an American flag. What happens next? Listen, people, this is just a little real talk, the truth of it, that nobody talks about, is that you need to fit the culture of a company or it's just not going to work out. And since millennials and millennial likes will never fit into any kind of real business environment except their own, I don't know. They can't all be bosses. They think so, but they can't. Well, it costs a lot of money to train somebody and then have them quit. Hence, we know somebody who has done that numerous times. time doesn't necessarily take money, but it takes time. And then if it doesn't work out, you got to start the process all over again. We know somebody who paid for someone's license Uh, to work and they quit. Oh, well. Everybody out there that's a porcelain doll is has already been upset about this because it, it sounds just like them. And then they're going to get insulted. <sighs> That's why we don't have millennial followers. This is not a safe space. Okay, where are we going now? Since I launched this filtering process, if you will, I've gotten a tremendous amount of whining from the general public. I was scolded by a woman on the phone yesterday who told me she wouldn't take the test and shame on me for making people take a test to come and work for us. Thank you for calling to let us know we're never going to hire you. (laughs) Don't bother. She demanded I remove the test or risk losing out on quote-unquote perfect employees like herself. You know what I would have done, eh? Click. I don't care. You're not working for me. I wrote your name down. Don't bother coming in. You failed the snowflake test because you refused to take the snowflake test, and that's a failure. Bummer. Well, snowflake, it's back to the heaping pile of applications for me. What happened to those job-finding places I always hear about that had commercials on? They can find you perfect employees. Uh, Well, they don't say perfect, thank God, or I wouldn't go to them. But really, have them... Submit the snowflake test before they deal with anything and find someone that's a good match and send it to you. And that would save, that would end your time suck. It will cost you money, but it ends the time suck. Zip recruiter. Zip recruiter comes to mind. But I didn't want to actually use names because that's an advertisement and I'm not getting paid. All right. Time to move on. Away from porcelain dolls. I swear, that's what all of our Congress crews are. I I got uh, putting this all everything together. I got rushed. Um, 
there's a clutch of eggs in the um, chicken coop. It's over in the far corner. Okay. So I had to go get the little rake, but then I got sidetracked. I want to get all the eggs out of there because I want eggs again. I don't know if we got to candle them because we got that rooster. Okay. And float them because I don't know how long they've been in there. Okay. We only have one chicken. And it's like four or five eggs in there. Right. So it's like four or five days old, the first egg, right? At least. Mm-hmm. She might be laying every other day or every third day. I don't know. She's old. <laughs> but I don't think she's ever laid before. Okay. Well, could you explain to folks what the candling is? Because I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> Check to make sure there's not a chicken inside the egg. You know, because you don't want to eat a baby chicken. It's just, it grosses you out. You can't eat it. Well, yeah, they do that in other countries. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. It's like a delicacy. They, they, they even ferment it. It's, I think it's a duck egg, though. They're bigger. And they bury it, and they ferment it, and then I forget for how long. And then you pay money for it, and they serve it to you. And you eat, like, you just chew, you just chomp down on the... Ugh. <laughs> I have my friend said it was delicious. I, I'm not one. I'm, I'll go so far with food. If, if it turns me off looking at it, I'm probably not going to want to eat it. Unless I know what it is. Anyway. I need to push a button. Push a button. And now from Hezbollah Toys, just in time for Ramadan. The good and peaceful people at Wacky.com and Hasbrola bring you Digihad Joe action figure. Pull his string and he shouts Allah Akbar and kill the infidels. Pull it again and Jihad begins to sweat profusely and screams, Everyone back up or I will blow myself up. On the third pull, Jihad Joe shouts, I am serious. On the fourth and final pull, Jihad Joe begins to say something we cannot quite make out before exploding in a dazzling and immensely gratifying display of holy fire and smoke. For added fun, dress Jihad in a burqa before detonation. Get your Jihad Joe today. Supplies are limited, and once they are gone... Thank Allah they are gone. Coming soon, Burqa Barbie. Time for the Fuzzy Buzzy Report. Is it? Sure. From BuzzFeed. Montana lawmakers are close to passing a bill aimed at preventing Islamic law from being used in court cases. An unfounded conspiracy theory based on no evidence that claims Muslims in America are trying to subvert the United States Constitution. Of course they are. That's what they do. But don't worry. They don't want the Constitution. They just want to overthrow the whole country. And want you to be dead. While the bill SB 97 does not single out Islamic law in its language, it aims to prohibit the application of foreign law. Good, because the Supreme Court's been doing that, too. Much of the discussion surrounding the bill on Monday focused on Sharia law, according to the Associated Press. If you go back and listen to the testimony of the proponents of this bill in both the House and Senate, the legislative intent is crystal clear that it targets one religion, 
Democratic Rep. Eli Hill-Smith of Missoula told the Associated Press. This was a Sharia law bill. It's what every proponent had talked about. I don't give a crap. Damn right. I call it the anti-Sharia law bill. What do you think of that? Uh, I'm sorry. If if your religion is Sharia, then uh, you've got to go bye-bye. Sharia is a separate thing than just the Quran. You're talking about Sharia law. You're talking about law to run a country. That's what Sharia law is, religiously. But it is still government, and therefore has to be dealt with. But no, all foreign law. I don't want to. I don't want to quote anybody from France either. I don't give a crap what France does. This is America. Hopefully, we don't do things like France. Go look at it. Take a trip. Oh, you want a vacation? Goody goody. Hike around Europe this summer, millennials. Come on, porcelain dolls. Uh, you always wanted to see the world, and we're a bunch of conservative nutjobs, so why don't you take your little backpack, get on a plane or a boat, go over to Europe and back crap back all across Europe like people did my generation. Good. What's the matter? Oh, wait, I forgot. You don't have a job, so you don't have any money, so you can't go anywhere. Uh, it's a shame because it would have been an excellent lesson for you if you lived. The state house passed the bill by a vote of 56 to 44. And just for the record, this is my government. I'm in, I'm a Montana resident. The bill must now go through final vote. And if it passes, we'll go to, on to Montana governor, governor, Steve Bullock for signing. Well, I think a porcelain doll actually wrote this article. Uh, wow. The governor will take a close look at the proposed legislation if it reaches his desk, spokeswoman Ranja Abel told the Associated Press. He would prefer the legislature pass an infrastructure bill that would build Montana communities and put folks to work all across the state. Oh, so you're a commie. Because uh, we don't need infrastructure work. We don't need busy work to put people. That's a boondoggle. Sorry, Governor Bullock's a piece of crap, so if it's good legislation, he won't sign it. Well, if I ever meet him, I'll be glad to tell him to his face, you bet. BuzzFeed News has sought comment from, to, the, sponsor. This is like reading someone that doesn't even... It's a... How could you leave these mistakes in? See... And not to mention, surrounded by quotes. If you're going to quote something, spell it right. All right, so BuzzFeed News has sought comment from the sponsor of the bill, Senator Rick Gear. I don't even know who he is. Representative Ellie Hill and Montana's Governor Steve Bullock. He's, a, he's another one of those little guys that are, yeah, chip on their shallow pieces of crap. Many advocates see this bill and those like it as unnecessary and redundant because their provisions violate the Constitution of the United States. And yet, they do, quote, foreign law, and yet judges have upheld Sharia law in the case of a man raping his wife. So the court's already dipping into Sharia law, France law, London law, Greece law, whatever suits them. 
And uh, I'm sorry, their laws are not based on the United States Constitution and therefore do not apply in any way, shape, or form. So a judge that does that should be just removed immediately. Impeach them. I don't know why everybody's so afraid of impeaching federal employees. It's in there for a reason. Get rid of them. Some advocates also see these bills as evidence of overt bigotry and an irrational fear of creeping Sharia. Creeping Sharia. Okay, look this up. T-A-Q-Q-I-Y-A. T-A-Q-Q-A-Y-A, I think. Takiya. I don't know, Takiya. Uh, look up uh, Silent Jihad. They are currently in the United States in Silent Jihad mode. There are three stages of it. A term that in anti-Muslim circles that stems from an anti-Islam sentiment, Islam's evil. There's just no doubt about it. And it's not a religion. It's my, It's a blueprint to run a theocratic empire and to control the world, the whole world. And the belief that the U.S. and its citizens are in danger of Islamic law entering the U.S. legal system and affecting daily life. Which it already has. So, uh, not an irrational fear. In 2017 alone, 13 states have introduced similar anti-foreign law bills, according to the National Conference of State Legislatures. Nine states already have laws that prohibit foreign law. Over 120 similar bills or amendments aimed at preventing Sharia law from being applied to U.S. courts have been submitted in state legislatures since 2011. Don't, why do you think this happened? It happened in response to it happening. Judges quoting Sharia law. Judges quoting foreign law. Before that, that was dead set against that. Sharia law, really? What happened to separation of church and state, even though there is none? How do you figure in Sharia law, which is religious law? You left-wing people are just, your brains are screwed up. You can't even think straight. Anyway, we need a test for judges, like a snowflake test, and impeach everyone that fails it. According to the National Conference of State Legislatures, nine states already had lawsuits prohibiting foreign law. Over 120 similar bills or amendments aimed at preventing Sharia law from being applied to U.S. courts that have been submitted in state legislatures since 2011. Similar bills stopped mentioning Sharia law in particular after Oklahoma lawmakers in 2010 voted to amend the state's constitution to include anti-Sharia language, which a federal judge in 2013 said violated the U.S. constitution. No, it doesn't. Subsequent legislative initiatives to use the words foreign law instead of Sharia law in order to increase the chance of bills passing muster. The main driving force behind these laws and related conspiracy theories, according to the Anti-Defamation League, oh my God, <laughs> it's amazing. The Anti-Defamation League defames people all the time. That's so you can tell the left. It's, the label doesn't match what they do. Do you ever think that the Founding Fathers... Could ever have envisioned that we were having this debate against foreign law? Yes. They were very, very wary of foreign influence in the country and to stop it. 
people don't get that. Oh, it's supposed to be. No, no, no. They didn't love. They weren't all lovey-lovey no matter what you do. No, they weren't like that. Well, that's true because of what John Adams did. Oh, the Alien and Sedition Acts? Right. Well. he well, But he that was his basis for it, though, right? Well, no. The Aliens Act. Well, oh, yes. He, he was afraid of English. No, French. He was afraid of the French influence. He was not a very nice person to take money. And we took help from the French. They came and helped us liberate ourselves. And without it, it wouldn't have happened. I don't care what anybody says. Wouldn't happen, but it did. So now John Adams is afraid of the French, and he loves England still. Uh, it, 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 he was just a weird little guy. Anyway, um, so there were always, and that's why nobody gets natural-born citizen doesn't mean you were born here. I mean, you have to be born here with certain exceptions, but you're required to have two two citizen parents. Because they didn't want any foreign influence in the executive branch. Yeah. That specifically said so. So everybody out there that wants to listen to the courts, like we, we know the Supreme Court's always right, right? That's mostly wrong. <clears throat> All right, the Anti-Defamation League has been the work of David Yerushalmi. An Arizona lawyer who the Southern Poverty Law Center, another commie site, called an anti-Muslim activist. Yerushalmi, in addition to his own work and writings, is the associated is also associated with other anti-Muslim groups, such as the Center for Security Policy, which it's not. It's the opposite a group run by noted conspiracy theorist and former Reagan-era Pentagon official Frank Gaffney. He also has represented the Koran-burning Florida pastor Terry Jones and is connected with other anti-Muslim crusaders. Love that they use that word because they, they they were taught crusades are bad. We, would be, we beat up on the Muslims for nothing. Uh, wrong. They had invaded Europe. They had made it as far as Cordoba... France, Spain, Spain, France. So they were already in Europe. They had already taken over all of Asia. They got Middle East. They got the Holy Land. They had everything. They just kept going. Why? Because there is no end to Islam. It will not stop until there is nothing but Islam on the planet. Better get it through your head because that's their whole goal. The whole point of the religion is that. So you still think they're uh, they're protected under the First Amendment? I uh, don't think so. Besides, they're trying to ensure instill religious law into the United States, and don't you people freak out when a Christian even says the name Jesus? Uh oh, they want an atheist. You're, you're... No, 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 no. You forgot the oh, other... The crusade, crusaders, such as... Other anti-Muslim crusaders. Yeah, Pamela Geller and Robert Spencer, both founders of the group anti-Muslim group Stop Islamization of America. Robert Spencer has written numerous books on Islam, and I suggest you read them. Start with the Politically Incorrect Guide to 
Islam and the Crusades, because the Crusades was defensive, not offensive. And with that, we're going to go to a break. It's Young Cooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. You live here? Yes. Well, maybe you know what a zombie is. When a person dies and is buried, it seems there's certain voodoo priests who, who have the power to bring him back to life. Oh, horrible. It's worse than horrible because a zombie has no will of his own. You see them sometimes walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You mean like Democrats? Attention users of the blood-thinning drug Xarelto. If you took the drug Xarelto and experienced complications such as cerebral hemorrhage, gastrointestinal bleeding or other internal bleeding, or if a loved one has died after taking Xarelto, you may be eligible to get a cash award for your suffering. Call the Xarelto Help Hotline now at 855-719-3101, 855-719-3101. To qualify for a cash settlement, you must file a claim before the deadline. So don't miss your opportunity for a cash settlement. Call 855-719-3101 now for a free no-obligation consultation. Our call center is open 24-7. So if you took the drug Xarelto and experienced cerebral hemorrhage, gastrointestinal bleeding, or other internal bleeding, or if a loved one has died after taking Xarelto, call the Xarelto Help Hotline at 855-719-3101, 855-719-3101. That's 855-719-3101. If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813. This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement. They gave me the tools I needed to get sober, and all it took was the one phone call. Elite Rehab can help you start to break your addiction problem and get sober in as little as seven days. And we'll work with your insurance provider to help cover the costs. Plus, we have travel assistance programs to get you here by plane or train. Make this free call right now to learn more. 800-917-2194-800-917-2194-800-917-2194. That's 800-917-2194. What is term life insurance? It's basically a financial protection plan for your family if you pass away. 
it can be a hard purchase. Think about it. It's one of the few major purchases you can make that you will personally never use. But you've got to have it to protect your family. And you owe it to yourself to shop and compare to get the best possible rates. For term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more, call the Term Lifeline today at 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. See if you qualify for up to $1 million in coverage for as little as $3 a day. We'll gladly compare multiple carriers to get you the best possible rates. So call now. 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891 800-430-1891 Sample rate cited requires qualifying medically in the preferred non-tobacco rate class. Show, our half of one. Okay, back to your Xiaomi and uh, anti-Muslim sentiments, which uh, I applaud. Uh, Islam is evil, and you're not supposed to like evil. You're not supposed to tolerate evil. You're not supposed to do anything with evil, especially not open your door and let it in. No, that's actually in. That's actually in the book, the good book. Yes, it is. Do not let evil enter your home. It's simple. Our home being the country. Why are you bringing evil to our country? You know what it cracks me up about all these people, especially all these, the, the Southern Law of Poverty, whatever the hell they are. <laughs> Southern Law of Poverty Center. These, all the people that are advocating Southern for, Poverty Law Center, that's it. All the people that are advocating for Muslims, every single organization and group that is advocating for Muslims have no idea that they are going to be killed by them. Well, someone's going to be killed by them. Uh they, just because they're advocating for them does not mean that these people are not going to kill them when the time comes. No, Muslims it's, it, Muslims are like the uh, tarantula. Was it tarantula? And the, was it the tarantula and the frog was the story? There's one with a turtle, too. I can never keep it straight. Scorpion. Scor- well, I said the scorpion. No, you said tarantula first. Oh, I said tarantula. Scorpion. Scorpion, yeah. <laughs> well, Islam is a scorpion in that story. I'll gladly let you take it across... The river, but once he gets to the other side, you're dead. And there's actually a version of it where it kills kills the the host midstream, and they both drown. <laughs> and why did you do that? I'm a scorpion. Why did you do that? Because I'm a Muslim. Well, yeah. All those people that raped little girls and stuff, you don't think that's the first thing they would say in court? That's, I, I'm Muslim. That's allowed. See, that's the problem with Islam. It does not work here. Because, no, you're not allowed. And if I was to catch you, I would shoot you dead. Hiroshami <clears throat> through his group, American Laws for American Courts, ALAC, that's a new one for me. Has provided the defining template for many anti-far law or anti-Sharia bills across the country. Don't leave the word law off there. It's Sharia law. It's not the Sharia. Sharia law. 
say it like it is so people understand. It's law that it expects everybody to follow. Montana's bill, SB 97, appears to have similar passages to ALAC bill templates, as well as identical portions from other anti-foreign law bills across the country that likely also drew from ALAC's template. So, uh, that's just what lawyers do in general, isn't it? They, They borrow other people's decisions and copy and paste, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Like other anti-Islam legislation, the Montana bill redundantly protects rights already guaranteed by the United States Constitution. Actually, it doesn't speak to that. So so said Corey Saylor, the director of the Department of Monitor and Combat Islamophobia at the Council on American-Islamic Relations. He's the director of the department to monitor and combat Islamophobia at the Council on American-Islamic Relations. In other words, they're linguists. They come up with words, and they, they lie, and they spin, and they propagandize. For one thing, the term Islamophobia is incorrect because a phobia is an irrational fear. And as someone who studied Islam, me, it is not irrational. It's irrational not to fear Islam. The legislators behind the bill should take a break from wasting taxpayer time and money, admit their goal is anti-Muslim fear-mongering, and then take a basic course on how the U.S. Constitution works. Oh yeah, take a basic course. Did you take the basic course, Corey? Did Did you study it like in college or in high school or something? Yeah, no, they were teaching you the Constitution. You weren't learning anything. They taught you a bunch of lies. Aren't you glad you went to school? I'll give you an in-depth understanding of the U.S. Constitution, and it won't cost you a dime, ladies and gentlemen. Go to www.patriotspub.us. Patriotspub.us. U.S. History, the Constitution, the Founding Fathers, just the facts. That's it. You decide for yourself. You'll you have to teach yourself. You learn by yourself. You learn with us. We don't teach you. It was a three and a half year project. It's absolutely free, but you have to listen from episode one. Otherwise, you the whole point of the educational concept was putting everything into perspective, and you needed. To, to start from episode one, which starts in 1763, right after the French and Indian Wars. And we move forward to there, all the way through, go to the Constitutional Convention, using James Madison's official notes of the night, uh, 1787 Philadelphia Convention. Anyway, which is the Constitutional Convention. Go there, listen to all those things, and... You will know the Constitution better than anybody. Serious. Heck, I read, I, I listen to them every once in a while. Well, I don't, I don't have the data, and we live on data, so. Anyway, so, uh, like, this guy knows how the Constitution works. Muslims make up less than 1% of the population of Montana, according to the Pew Research Center. 
It's too much. Zero percent in the country. That's what I want to see. Zero Muslims. Islam is not is a cult and shall not be allowed in the United States of America. From the Times of Israel, an Israel advocate group criticized a pro-BDS group for denying its request to hold a memorial event for Israeli terror victims at the conference, which will feature a convicted terrorist as a speaker. Jewish Voice for Peace, which is organizing the CONFAB, and however that, it had already planned its own general memorial event. Uh, Every article, every article has mistakes in it. Every article. And if if you ever notice sometimes I kind of get flubbed up, it's because I'm trying to, I'm reading ahead, I'm trying to make sure I don't read those things. And then, but as I'm reading, I'm thinking about it, and I, I, I lose my, I lose track. All right, so, uh, Jewish Voice for Peace said, however, that it had already planned its own general memorial event. The Israeli advocacy group Stand With Us had asked to hold a multi-faith memorial service for the victims of a 1969 deadly bombing in Jerusalem during JVP's upcoming biannual conference. The gathering, which will take place March the 30th through April the 2nd in Chicago, will feature among its speakers Rasmea Oday, a Palestinian woman convicted by Israel of involvement in a 1969 terror attack that killed two. JVP, which supports the boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement against Israel, confirmed to JTA that the event venue, the Hyatt McCormick Chicago Hotel, had passed along the request but said that it decided not to allow the service to be held, noting that it was holding its own memorial event. The quarrel comes amid criticisms from some of the Jewish world about the anti-Israel views of O'Day and Linda Sarsour, two pro-Palestinian activists who have recently taken public role in various feminist events. Feminist events in Islam. You people are idiots. How does burqas and not being able to drive, not being able to learn, not being able to leave the house without at least two male relatives? That's just crazy. How, how can you let someone like that in a feminist event? See, it's, feminism is just Marxism. That's all it is. It's just commie, more commie, commie, commie. <sighs> Rabbi Alice Wise, JVP's deputy director, said her group had the right to decide the schedule at its gathering. This is the Jewish Voice for Peace National Member Meeting stand with us, are not members of Jewish Voice for Peace, and this is our gathering. And we have designed the memorial circle and the program that fits our needs, Wise told JTA on Tuesday. It's fine for them to ask. It's fine for us to set our own boundaries. The JVP, Organized Multi-Faith Memorial Circle, will not focus on any particular event, Wise said. 
It's really a space that we hold with music and poetry for people to pause in time and connect to their feelings and their grief and their mourning for the loss of life that has taken place in recent days and past decades in the long history for organizing for justice in the region, Wise said. Unbelievable. Stan with us said it was apprehensive about the JVP Memorial event. We are apprehensive about the memorial service in which a convicted and unrepented terrorist will participate and a service that even refuses to acknowledge O'Day's victims. We are outraged at an organization that blocked a memorial for them. Peggy Shapiro, Midwest Director for Stand With Us, said Tuesday in a statement to JTA. The Hyatt McCork Chicago did not respond to a request for comment by JTA. On Monday, Shapiro called JVP's decision disgraceful and slammed the group for hosting O'Day. Not only is JVP honoring a convicted terrorist at their conference, they have denied a request to hold a memorial service for her victims, Edward Jaff and Leon Kanner. These two young Jews no longer have voices because they died in an attack perpetrated by Razmia O'Day, and it seems JVP is committed to silencing them even further by refusing to allow us to hold this service in their memory. Shapiro said in a statement, there is nothing Jewish or peaceful about that disgraceful decision. They're not for justice. Just remember, when they use the word justice, they mean social justice. That's, sorry. I'm sorry, JVP is... uh, It's got it's it's just a front group. It's a, it's it's not a pro-Israeli group. It's an anti-Israeli group posing as a pro-Israeli group, like the like the anti-gun people that pose as gun-loving people. Like there's a whole association for hunters that when you join it, your money gets used to take away your guns because that's 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 their stated purpose. That's what they exist for. But they don't they hide it. They don't let you know up front. And so there's a lot of un suspecting gun owners that have joined and paid money to that organization that uses the money to fund the anti-gunner groups. I'm not going to tell you which organization it is because I don't remember. It's years ago since I looked at their website. But if you are part of any kind of hunting group, I suggest you go through the About Us stuff and uh, maybe do a search and figure out exactly what these people are doing. All right, so this is disgusting. Oh, there's nothing Jewish about them, I agree. Why are Jews so guilty? I just don't get it. They are just so guilty. In America, there's a whole host of guilty white Jews. They have nothing to be guilty for. Oh, they have a lot to be guilty for. But it has nothing to do with uh, just because you're not in the hometown of the country, Israel. They're still Jewish. Why would you side with Palestinians, which are wrong? Those people need to go with their Arab brothers. They need to be dissolved back into their countries. They don't want them because they know they're useless, poor pieces of crap. And they don't want to have to take care of them. Hence why they created that whole Palestinian thing on the border. It's nothing but a welfare state. Where, yes, our money, which is unconstitutional, 
and other money through the UN goes there and directly goes there. It's just... Uh. O'Day confessed to planting the bomb in the 1969 attack that killed Jaffe and Canner and injured nine others. Though in recent years has claimed the confession was given under torture, which is disputed by Israeli officials. She was convicted and sentenced by an Israeli military court in 1970 to life in prison for two bombing attacks on behalf of the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine. She spent 10 years in an Israeli prison before being released in a prisoner exchange with the PFLP in 1980. Wish she would have kept her in jail and she wouldn't be here. Jewish Voice for Peace. Uh, yeah, their idea of peace is getting rid of Israel in the Middle East, giving it to the Palestinians, and that's their peace, and that's their justice. Social justice, again. So they said earlier this month that... This thing again. I gotta fix this USB. <clears throat> Jewish Voice for Peace said earlier this month that it was proud to host O'Day, questioning the validity of her Israeli conviction. The accusations against O'Day stem from a context of long-standing anti-Palestinian and anti-Muslim persecution by both the Israeli state and the United States policies which are escalating under the Trump administration, JVP said in a March 7th statement. Oh, I hope that's true. I hope it is. I hope it is. Because... I'd rather not have to fight these fuzzy buzzies till, you know, Europe gets done with them. O'Day was one of the leaders of the grassroots feminist international women's strike. Sarsour, who organized January's Women's March on Washington and also helped plan the women's strike, recently said there is no place in the feminist movement for those who do not criticize Israel. Are you out of your mind? You should be criticizing Islam, you fool. There's some, it's the most anti-female... It's not a religion. It's just, it's just not. But anyway, it's uh, theology is that of women are dirt. Women are chattel. Women can be done anything. You can kill them. You can rape them. You can... It just doesn't matter. Women have no rights. Under Islam, you know, they say they do, but they don't. I'm going to say it. I'm going to keep saying it. Islam is evil. From the Sean Hannity Show. Really? A top cop in London's Metropolitan Police Department warned the public Wednesday evening over the ongoing threat from extremist organizations. Only he wasn't referring to the Islamist attack that unfolded hours before, but threats from extreme white-wing groups that may target Muslims for retribution. Extreme right-wing groups. We don't have any extreme right-wing groups. You just you keep claiming that these Nazis are right-wing. They're not. They're left-wing. I'm sorry. Socialism is left. Nazis, National Socialism. Left, got it? The stupid, uh, new, new whatever they are, the bald-headed people? They're left, they're left-wing, not right-wing. You ain't sticking those people with us anymore. 
We're not putting up with it. They're yours. Like all the crazy freaks. Well, this is London. He's talking about them in London. He, uh, he shouldn't quote, He shouldn't do anything about London because he doesn't understand how their government works. No, that's the quote from the police chief in London. That's I, I, I know quote. it's the top cop. I know. Right. I He's saying it. Not Sean Hannity. Again, over there, right wing is left wing. Left wing is right wing. At least it used to be. I don't know. Maybe it turned back around. It changed. It yes. changed again? Yep. Uh... See, that's why I don't use don't use left and right groups. By the way, that's just a putting that on a group is demeaning, at the very least. Uh, because again, they belong with the socialists and commies, and they all go together everywhere. Notice all the Middle East when they had their spring that I called winter. Muslims. And the left, Islam, uh, socialist, communist, whatever you want. Left-wing, little progressive, socialist, commie, fascist, status, bastards. Um, so whatever label you have, left-wing. Speaking to the press in the aftermath of the deadly terrorist assault on Parliament, Assistant Commissioner for Specialist Operations Mark Rowley reassured the UK's Muslim minority that they would be safe. Medina. <laughs> London's Medina. Wait for it. Keep watching. It's oh, it's going to be great circus. So the Muslim community is safe, but the non-Muslim community is this not is safe. This is how they always... Look, just read history. Since 7th century AD, which when Mohammed created this stupid religion. So, no, it's not the longest living religion. How could it be? The Jews have been around for 5,000 years. In Christianity, well... Uh, Jesus was born 1 AD, right? So Christianity comes before Islam. Judaism comes before Islam. Zoroastrianism comes before Islam and Christianity. All right. Where was I? Oh, they're saying, but they always say, Medina, help us, take us in. They're picking on us because of our religion. Help us, please. And then they take them in, and then they do what they're doing here, do what they're doing in Europe. They just build in numbers until they can physically overwhelm you, and then and it starts. Right now, they're doing jihad in this country right now. It's called silent jihad. And we're probably at the third stage right now, which is not good because that's right before tip-off tip time. What the heck did that did you, Don't I pay no attention to pay it. Pay no attention? Okay. Uh, close it? Yeah, close it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Something just popped up on our screen. I, I don't know what that... I got to look up what that is. It's Windows! <laughs> I hate Windows. So, yes. Yeah, so, they, they, they get brought in and they get coddled and protected and then... Once they're done with the three stages of silent jihad, then when they're ready, they go and start violent jihad. And they start at a small level. And then they'll say, well, we had to, we were defending ourselves against them. They attacked us. Just like they always do, right? But I got to go. It's your cooperative radio show. You stay tuned because we will be right back. My name is Courtney Luster. I'm 21. 
well-educated, and unemployed American. I happen to be black, so I'm in the highest unemployment segment of the population, black youth unemployment. Notice I don't refer to myself as African-American because I'm an American first. I'm a proud American who happens to have black skin. So please explain to me where African-American fits into that equation. You're right, it doesn't. For over 60 years, the Democrat Party has used my fellow black Americans to maintain power in the federal and state governments. Why do I say that? Because I read history. While many of my friends are watching mindless videos, I choose to listen to Red State Talk Radio. Why? Because I want to educate myself, not entertain myself. Red State Talk Radio, America's premier conservative talk radio network. Hey, all you black American youth, be a Frederick Douglass Republican, not an Al Sharpton race pimp. Educate yourself. Listen to RedStateTalkRadio.com. And now, a message to freshman Tea Party back senators from Trent Lott and Lindsey Graham. Hello, this is Trent Lott. Uh, Lindsey and I just want you to know that we appreciate all that the Tea Party people did to bring you here to Washington. Yes, I love tea, and I dearly love parties. But now's the time we should all come together and sit down with the other side and listen to their ideas on how to move the country forward while we as Republicans take a step back and walk a mile in their shoes. Yeah, we love being Republicans, and we love conservative values, uh, probably as much as we'd love being liberal Democrats if the need ever arose. What Trent means is Republicans are always at our best when we ignore all the rhetoric and noise from back home and just do the right thing. The right thing? You know what I mean. Join Trent Lott and Lindsey Graham in bringing bipartisanship back to Washington. I am officially running for President of the United States. Could he actually win? No freaking way! Which Republican candidate has the best chance of winning the general election? Donald Trump. There's not going to be a President Donald Trump. Trump will not be president. Trump will never be elected president of the United States. You're not going to be president. A man who will never be president of the United States. Donald Trump is not going to be president of the United States. Take it to the bank. He will never be president. Donald Trump is not going to become president of the United States. He's at plus 19. Do you think the tapes made a difference? Of course! They made all the difference! This race is over. Hillary Clinton has raised more than double Donald Trump, vastly outspending him. The presidency at about 89% for Hillary Clinton. Uh, your analytical model has uh, never been wrong. Now projects Hillary Clinton to win presidential election. 100% chance. You still think she has 100% chance of winning the election? Mm. I do. And what would Donald Trump have to do to turn things around? Prayer and hope for a festivus miracle. <laughs> this is CNN's coverage of election night in America. The fight for the presidency. Because we don't care. Oh, okay, have Kentucky. Who cares? Kentucky. Don't no, care about Indiana. Don't care. Indiana with it's West Virginia, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Mississippi, South Carolina, Alabama, Kansas, Nebraska, and Wyoming with its vote North Dakota and South Dakota, Texas, uh, up and down the middle of the country, all red. Arkansas, Louisiana, the state of Montana, Missouri. Yes. It was at eighty percent an hour ago for Clinton. What is it now? Sixty-eight percent. Okay, uh, God damn it, I'm nervous. Ohio. 
This is Jeff Carlisi from the band 38 Special. Let us never forget that police lives matter. Mr. President, members of Congress, you've been making a lot of noise about taking our guns away. But you might want to review history. 1835, Gonzales, Texas Territory. The authorities wanted to confiscate the big gun that protected that colony. You know what the people said? Come and take it. Because they were willing to fight for their freedom and their guns. So are we. Come and take it if you want it. Come and take it if you think you can. Come and take it, but I warn you. You'll have to pry it from our cold dead hands. We want the freedom that God gave us. So you best not cross that line. If you want this gun, you gotta come through us and take it. One shot at a time. Just like Gonzalez. We're keeping our guns. Okay, and welcome back to the Unquadrant Radio Show. Hour two. Uh, all right. Where was I here? I'm all the way at the top again. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, Parliament Assistant. I didn't read that again. Speaking to the press in the aftermath of the deadly terrorist assault on Parliament, Assistant Commissioner for the Specialist Operations, Mark Rowley, Rowley, reassured the UK's Muslim minority that they would be safe. Had to say it again. Had to. Medina. The police stand with all communities in the UK and will take action against anybody who seeks to undermine society, especially where their crimes are motivated by hate, said Rowley. Oh, yeah, they, they have hate speech laws over there. It's just a wonderful place in the UK. Boy, go visit. We must recognize now that our Muslim communities will feel anxious at this time, given the past behavior of extreme right-wing groups. And we'll continue to work with all community leaders over the coming days. Now, let's get this straight. First of all, there are no go zones in England, and no cops go there. So I don't know what they're reassuring. Uh, The Muslim communities are the ones that caused it. They did violence, and then the citizenry responded to said violence, and then they complained about the response to violence, and then all the progs went, oh, the poor Muslims. That's what happens when you got a little, a whole country of emasculated men, which we're, this country had been working on for a long time. The police stand with all communities in the UK and will take action against anybody. We must recognize now that our Muslim communities feel anxious. <laughs> Oh, my God. Rowley's words did did little to comfort the U.K. public at large. The officer was right to assert that European capitals have been on edge over extremism for years, but from Al-Qaeda and ISIS, not right-wing groups. Right? But why would you? Again, if they're if truly right-wing groups, they're like conservatives, like right? And we're not violent unless 
you know, unless you attack us or something we care about. But, you know, love the Muzzies. That's, they love it. They've been doing this since 7th century AD. Look up, look online to the history. You don't even have to buy a book. Look up the history of Islam. They don't go to a, a punk page. Go someplace where they're actually quoting something and have references that you can check. What? They're winning. I know. No, no kidding. Muslims are winning. Yes. The war. Not just battles. They're winning the war. Well, no. right now it's just about battles. And battles, numerous, make up a war. All, all war has battles. Otherwise, not war. Yeah, but they, they, they're not even really having battles, Brian. They're just winning. Oh, no, they, they, I, I saw a bunch of uh, guys dressed up in skirts and uh, sticks chasing around, beating up Muslims over there. So even even the UK people got fed up with it and responded. Unfortunately, poli- police arrested them, not Muslims. Them, the ones responding to Muslims, the ones responding to them raping their women, groping their women in public. And you see, that's what I mean. You can't You can't respond like a man. Because that's the right response. It would be to take him out, right? Knock his ass down. Stop it. Well, stop Islam from coming to your country and round up all the ones there. Put them in relocation camps until you can relocate them. Well, and that's what I'm kind of upset about Montana. That what are they anticipating? That we're going to get a whole bunch of Muslims? That's why they did that law? We are. We're getting a bunch of refugees. No, I thought we stopped that. No, Bullock never stopped anything. Gianforte would have stopped it if he was elected, but he wasn't. That crony was elected instead. I, I hate I hate his little smug ass. I really do. Uh, he tries to say he's, he's a John, JFK Democrat. No, he's not. He doesn't know anything about the Constitution, not the government, not our national government or our state's government. He knows squat. He's a crony politician. That's all he is. One bad thing about Montana, boy, I, you thought the South, the Southeast was going to be bad with the good old boys club? Mm-mm, I didn't run into any of that down there. I run into it all the time up here. And if you're not born here in Montana, they, don't, they won't side with you no matter what. You know what, who I don't like either? Paul Ryan. I saw a picture yesterday and I, I tried to put I've it I've never up. liked Paul Ryan. I saw a picture yesterday and I tried to find out where I had, I, I saw it to show it to you today before the show because this is a picture of Paul Ryan sitting next to President Trump and President Trump really looks pissed. Every time I see there's a picture of President Trump, he looks pissed. I know. Even I know about even at sites that are pro-Trump, I've seen that. You know, and I think the progs. <laughs> I think, think they that, like him angry. The the progs think that that's going to infuriate people. I love him being pissed. Be pissed all the time. There's a lot to be pissed about this country. Yeah, there is a lot. Yeah, been listening to this radio show over ten years. You know how bad this country's gone downhill. And sitting next to him is Paul Ryan. And he has the smuggest smile on his face. And they were talking about the failure of the health care bill. Trump looks angry. He's smiling. He looks, he looks like a snake. He's a weasel. 
I'm like, okay, weasel. I'm like, oh my God, why are you smiling, you smug little weasel? Why, because you undermined our president? Because he's an idiot. He's a political crony. He's going, he is going to undermine everything our president wants to do. Always could try. He already succeeded. But there's already, there's already talk about firing uh, Ryan and putting somebody else as leader of the House. So there was already rumblings before this. If he's going to be uh, obstructionist. an obstructionist, and that being insiders in the in the house, you'd know that. Uh, I just lost my train of thought. What was I obstructionist saying? in the house? People already there. Oh well, they they're already, they before this they were talking about getting rid of him. After this should be a no brainer because uh, what do we lose? The the witches from Maine. The dumb one from, uh, no, Murkowski's, no, she, she's a demon grad anyway. I so, think you're talking about senators now. No. From Maine. Oh, I am talking about the senators from Maine. Yeah. I, no. t- I forgot this is the house. This is the house. The other I'm thing really is, not doing well today. The other thing is, everyone's going, oh, well, you know, they could just do this later on. And I'm saying, I said to my girlfriend, Deb, last night, what makes you think that anything that Donald Trump wants to accomplish is not going to go the way that this health care bill went and not even be brought to the floor. What makes you think they're not going to stop everything? You think they're going to they're going to vote on a border bill? No. Why? They didn't vote on this one. They'll just do the same things to the next thing he brings up and the next thing he brings up and the next thing he brings up. What's to stop them? Oh, nothing. <laughs> That's the system. <clears throat> Uh, we're supposed to be in charge of those people, but they don't listen to us, so we're not in charge. They're in charge of us, and they that's what they want. That's what they constantly say. They govern us. Mm, the Constitution doesn't allow them to govern us. That's the job of our governors. Anyway, uh, don't you have a button to push? I do. So why are you walking away? Because <laughs> I forgot. I do have a button. There we go. <laughs> Let's get a grip on immigration in the great United States. It's high time that we limit their numbers. It's high time that we close up that gate. Now can't you see how we are rapidly becoming another third world fascist state? Let's get a grip on immigration. In these great United States Oh, thank you. Call Client Clang with cake.com. Of course, that means it's time for the Illegal Alien Invasion Report. I didn't get this story about the rape, the one, the girl raped in Maryland because it's ongoing, but the one thing that they did say... One of those refugees were deported four times and came back into the country, and they were put in an elementary school. If every time after the first time was a felony. I know, and they were they were placed in an elementary school to rape that girl. Well, it wasn't specifically to rape that girl. <laughs> no, remember this has been going on forever. Have you seen all the pictures of the refugees in classrooms? This is how they they said they were going to do it. And not the refugees, the southern border pieces of nonsense. We're getting we're getting hit with everything. Scum of the earth is just 
rising up and calling everything good scum of the earth. Uh, from the Washington Times, immigration arrests and border-related cases have swamped the federal government, the Justice Department said Thursday, pointing to new statistics that show half of all arrests made by federal authorities in 2014 were for immigration offenses. Now, do understand, they're not telling you, they're doing the same thing, the refugees are doing the same thing as those south of the border pieces of crap. And you've got adults sitting in classrooms with children because they're not allowed to ask their age. If they say they're 17, they're 17. It doesn't matter if their hair is gray. It doesn't matter. They're 17. Uh, that's what Obama has set up. So the refugees flow right into that as well. So now we got a new president. He's going to have to deal with that. I don't think he knows about it yet. The five judicial districts along the U.S.-Mexico border also accounted for nearly 40% of people given federal sentences that year, the statistics show. And the Justice Department said repeat offenders were also more likely in those border districts than elsewhere in the country. These statistics make it clear that immigration-related offenses along the United States border with Mexico account for an enormous portion of the federal government's law enforcement sources, resources and that we must enforce our immigration laws in a way that consistently deters future violations, said Sarah Isger Flores, a spokeswoman for the Attorney General. Overall arrests actually dropped in 2014, as did immigration arrests, as the Obama administration continued to narrow the range of illegal immigrants, aliens, it deemed targets for enforcement. But as a percentage of criminal activity, immigration still accounted for 49.7% of all arrests, the statistics show. For almost 50% of all arrests are, are about immigration. That's ridiculous. So immigrants count for 49.7% of all arrests, and they're like, what, 1% of the country? I just... Obaminus really hurt us more than you know, and Trump is finding out more than he, more than he knew. He uh, Obaminus is a piece of crap, lying left wing kook, and he's a community organizer. So, of course, his behavior was to obstruct the Trump administration any way he could and any way he can in the future. It's why he bought a mansion in D.C. That's why Valerie Jarrett moved into the mansion in D.C. Valerie Jarrett lived in the White House, too. Uh, I don't know where Michelle went, but she's not part of it. In fact, I I don't think I've seen the two of them together since they left the White House. Well, at least least, uh, after Trump's inauguration. So from Zero Hedge, a letter written by the Senate Judiciary Committee in June 2015 to DHS Secretary Jay Johnson, Secretary of State John Kerry, and Attorney General Loretta Lynch, reveals new facts about the number and nature of crimes committed by illegal immigrants, aliens, who had already been convicted of other crimes but were released back into the public either because their home country would not accept their deportation 
and or because they exceeded a Supreme Court mandate prohibiting detention of deportable foreign nationals beyond six months. Adding to the letter, what, what the, the courts don't make law. What the heck is going on? <clears throat> According to the letter published by the Miami Herald, statistics provided by Immigration and Custom Enforcement officials confirm that 121 homicides were committed in the U.S. between 2010 and 2014 by illegal immigrants, aliens, who had already been convicted of a crime but were released back into society due to limitations on their detention. In addition, ICE confirmed that of the 36,007 criminal aliens released from custody in 2013, 1,000 of them had already been convicted of new crimes as of June 2015. This disturbing fact follows ICE's admission that of the 36,007 criminal aliens it released from ICE custody in fiscal year 2013, 1,000 have been reconvicted of additional crimes in the short time since their release, according to the letter dated June 12, 2015. Oh, this is nothing. Just wait for it. Oh, ICE. The Senate Judiciary Committee letter revealed that 121 immigrant convicts, legal aliens, were charged with homicide following their release from ICE custody between 2010 and 2015. So that... Over the last four years, they were responsible for 121 murders. How come we can't arrest them for that? How come we can't arrest... Yeah, why can't we charge Obamanis with that? Just because he's not president anymore doesn't mean, you know, we can't lay this on his... He was president. Can we... (laughs) Uh... Anyway, where was I? Ice released 2,457 immigrant convicts because of the Supreme Court ruling prohibiting detention of deportable foreign nationals beyond six months. Courts are out of control. Most of these immigrant aliens, convicts, are nationals of 23 countries described by ICE as recalcitrant because they routinely refuse to take back deportables. Deportables, not like deplorables? The bulk of these immigrant convicts in 2014, 1,183, were from Cuba, according to the letter. The other recalcitrant countries include Afghanistan, Algeria, China, Iran, Iraq, Libya, Somalia, and Zimbabwe, according to ICE. Well, a lot of those countries, man, you put, you put someone back there, you really screwed them up. Unless they're, you know, left, unless they're Muslim kooks. And they'll fit right in. Send them to Somalia and Afghanistan. Um, send them to Somalia. We don't have any. We don't have any people in Afghanistan in Somalia. Okay, so the bottom line here, Brian. Oh, in Algeria, and of course China. Drop them, Arab. I'm bombing you with deportables. Well, you also said just cut off their aid. Oh, their aid was the minute I got in office. There was no more aid. He did that too. No, he, he didn't. Got, yeah, he got rid of a bunch of aid. Yeah, but he's not getting rid of foreign aid. He wants to use it as a tool. He wants to only give ones to the countries that are our friends and not our enemies, which makes perfect sense if you were allowed to do it at all. But, of course, they're not because it's not their money. It's your money, and they're not allowed to play with it. It's supposed to be used. All your money is supposed to go to the running of the government. Nothing else. So there's no money to dip into the treasury for fill-in-the-blank. 
whether it's deplorables or something else. Now, the other... I'm a deplorable, not a deportable. The other issue I wanted to bring up is, do you really think that the Obama administration and his ilk embedded so many things wrong with our country that it's unfixable? Well, no, it's fixable, but it's not fixable by the president. Look, presidents don't make law. He can undo all the stuff the executive he did using executive orders because that's his power. However, to completely get rid of Obamacare, for instance, they, right. ha- they have to pass legislation. Which they couldn't. No, no, no. They were trying to do uh, reconciliation. That's why they said they couldn't do this, they couldn't do that, because you can't put that in a reconciliation bill, but they want the reconciliation bill because it only required 51 votes instead of 61. For the cent. Right. Why should we care what about the Senate? That's the other thing. They Because they know they're handing it off to the Senate. And if they're not going to, if they don't have to do anything with it if they don't want to. They don't have to bring it up for a vote if they don't want to. And they don't. They've done that a lot, actually. A committee spokeswoman did not provide additional information on the letter when contacted by El Nuevo Herald last week. The new Herald, really? In Spanish. Where's What state is this? <laughs> oh, man. But in response to the letter, Sarah Saldana, veteran director of ICE. Really? Someone named Saldana? A Spanish name like that is director of ICE? That just seems wrong somehow. Then director of ICE stated that 33 of the 121 immigrant alien convicts accused of homicide-related offenses had been released on bond at the discretion of immigration courts. Another 24 were released because ICE was unable to obtain approval to deport to their countries within the 180-day deadline set by the Supreme Court in 2001. Now, that's under what? GW. Yep. Yeah, but he doesn't control the Supreme Court. Of course, throughout the campaign cycle, Trump was very clear about his intentions to deport about 20 million illegal, uh, 2 million illegal aliens currently residing in the country with criminal convictions on their records. Keep going, Trump, because it ain't 12 million. It's, it's like 40, 50 million. Of course, throughout the campaign, the one weapon Trump was suggested he could wield to compel countries to take back their deportable nationals is halting the issuance of visas to visitors and immigrants from those nations. Yeah, but that's not going to happen because some stupid court is just going to slash it down. No. That's like they did with the, the uh, stay with the refugees. Maybe. I don't know. See, that's a diff- rape, which is, is a whole different thing because of refugee laws and all this. Uh, but, you know, immigrants that are illegal aliens are not helpful to our country. I'm sorry. Mow your own damn lawn. Well, this is yet to happen. Oh, yeah. Well, this is yet to happen and would almost certainly result in additional legal challenges from the left, it is certainly easy to imagine a scenario in which additional non-compliant countries could simply be added to his existing temporary immigration ban. In a speech in Phoenix during the campaign, 
Trump vowed to deport immigrant criminals regardless of whether their countries agreed to take them back. There are at least 23 countries that refuse to take their people back after they've been ordered to leave the United States, Trump said, including large numbers of violent criminals. They won't take them back, so we say, okay, we'll keep them. Not going to happen with me. Nope, not going to happen with me. There's the birdies. Got to turn it off. Uh, It's not going to happen with me. Of course, Trump's appearances with the families of victims murdered at the hands of illegal aliens was a common occurrence on the campaign trail. In his Phoenix immigration speech, August the 31st, Trump recalled the case of a 21-year-old Sarah Root of Des Moines, Iowa, whose death in January 2016 was blamed on an undocumented immigrant illegal alien who had been released after having been in custody despite being in the country illegally and having failed to show up in court for prior alleged crimes. As when Magia, a Honduran, was charged in connection with Root's death in a vehicle crash, was freed on bail and fled. How? Who's giving this bail? Who's giving this bail to these illegals? Judges. No, 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 no. You have to get, you have to pay bail. Right. Who's paying it for these illegals? Family. Uh, how are they getting I don't know. Money? I don't know how, how they're setting the, ba- the bond for it. Uh, there are there are groups in this country that are pro illegal aliens that will gladly help them, but they know they're gonna they're gonna run away. They don't they don't care if they run away. What are you talking about? Oh, you mean getting the money back? Judges should not allow them out on bail because they're a flight risk, and that's the definition of how they don't give to flight risks uh, any. You just don't get bailed to flavors. That's just the rule. They're the biggest. It's been fleeing. They're ready fleeing. Once you had your hands on them, you should have kept them. Oh, the Supreme Court said. I don't know why anybody listens to that bunch of idiots up there. I'm sorry. Half those those judges and all those female judges up there should not be there. They should be impeached. Oh, with that, we're going to go to a break. Chuck Cooper Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. We are the socialists. You will be assimilated. Your individual liberties, personal freedoms, and mental individuality will be added to our own. Resistance is futile. If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813. 
This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. Opening a Registered Nurse's Eyes, A Life-Altering Journey Across North America by Susan Francis Bonner is available in ebook form for Kindle owners at Amazon.com for $7.99. It is also available at CircleBPublications.com in EPUB format, which should cover most of you, for $7.99. This true story chronicles the changes Susan witnessed in nursing, the medical field, and in our nation during the years 1998 to 2002. It is written to expose what goes on behind the scenes concerning health care in this country, the common problems our nation faces, and what it is like to live across North America as a travel nurse. It is not politically correct or for the faint of heart. She hopes to inspire her fellow Americans to stand up for what is right and persevere no matter what the difficulties they encounter on the great journey that is called life. Again, the novel is Opening a Registered Nurse's Eyes. A Life-Altering Journey Across North America by Susan Francis Bonner, available in ebook format at Amazon.com and CircleBPublications.com. What is term life insurance? It's basically a financial protection plan for your family if you pass away. It can be a hard purchase. Think about it. It's one of the few major purchases you can make that you will personally never use. But you've got to have it to protect your family and you owe it to yourself to shop and compare to get the best possible rates. For term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more, call the Term Lifeline today at 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. See if you qualify for up to $1 million in coverage for as little as $3 a day. We'll gladly compare multiple carriers to get you the best possible rates. So call now. 800-430-1891. Sample rate cited requires qualifying medically in the preferred non-tobacco rate class. At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement. They gave me the tools I needed to get sober. And all it took was the one phone call. Elite Rehab can help you start to break your addiction problem and get sober in as little as seven days. And we'll work with your insurance provider to help cover the costs. Plus, we have travel assistance programs to get you here by plane or train. Make this free call right now to learn more. 800-917-2194-800-917-2194-800-917-2194. That's 800-917-2194. Okay, and welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show, our half of two. Oh, oh. Uh, 
I know. You've been reporting on this for a long, long time. Decades. In, uh, where was I? Des Moines? Yep, yep. Uh, okay, yeah. The, the guy that fled on bail. I hope nobody, I hope somebody didn't put their house up for it. People do stuff like that, you know. Trump also cited the case of Grant Rennebeck, a 21-year-old convenience store clerk from Mesa, Arizona, whose murder was also blamed on an undocumented immigrant who had been previously convicted of burglary and had been released from federal custody. You know, it's better to be an illegal alien in this country than a citizen. Yep. You can violate laws yep. and get away with it. Yep. So, and because he, they can't hold they can't hold them more than 180 days, no matter what they're charged with. So you have to let them out. See, why would the court make such a stupid ruling anyway? I'd like to know who. I'd like to see the numbers on that. I want to see who who slid the wrong way. It's better to be a refugee too. You get yeah, everything for all free. All kinds of protections, everything for free. But the no, the good thing is you can't go to prison more than 180 days. You could murder somebody and still they can only keep you for 180 days. Isn't that great? Why wouldn't they be criminals? They got to get out of jail free card. Yeah, they just know they have to stay for 180 days. Right. Big deal. To them. To yeah. them. Who cares? Uh, Ronneback was killed allegedly over a pack of cigarettes in January 2015, and the murder was linked to Apolinar Altamirano, a Mexican national who was in deportation proceedings, but who had been released on bond by an immigrant court judge. A third case Trump mentioned was that of Katie Steinle. Kate Steinle, sir. Gunned down in San Francisco by an undocumented Mexican. An Why? illegal alien Mexican. Why do they get due process, Brian? They're not citizens. They don't belong in our laws. Why do we have these judges? We shouldn't. They have to be fired. They're not serving in time of good behavior if they're behaving like this. This is not good judicial behavior. And I hear other people about uh, impeachment. Uh, it has to be treason. No, it doesn't have to be treason. Read it. It's treason or other high crimes and misdemeanors. High crimes are simple as abuse of power. It does not mean like murder is a high crime. No. Like abusing your power is a high crime. That's a high crime. I know it's confusing, but if you looked it up in history, you'd understand what high crimes were. Again, why are we paying? Our taxpayer dollars are paying these judges to rule on illegal aliens, people that are not citizens. Why is that even a system? Because our judges are insane. The judges are progs. The whole court system has been filled with progs. And they rule the way they think the country should be in their little left-wing utopia land. Yeah, but they shouldn't get any protections at all. If they have a convicted of a crime... Tell it to the courts. I know, no, that what they should do is go to a t- detention center, like you said, and then just put back into their, <laughs> of their countries. Bye. Actually, they should just ignore the Supreme Court because they have no standing. 
but they should not even go before a judge. They should be gone. Look, I, I, I understand that. But what they try to do with a judge is, are you really here illegally? <laughs> and I don't, I, either you have, you have proof that you're illegally or you don't. And if you don't, you're, you're here illegally. But, you know, we got to get courts about it. And, of course, those courts, by the way, are filled with uh, left-wing pieces of crap. Because we also have to supply translators for these pieces of shit crap. Yep. Right? Yep. Anything they need. Everything in their own language, et cetera, et cetera. So back to Katie Stein, Kate Steinle. Juan Francisco Lopez Sanchez who had been deported five times previously, but had managed to cross the border again undetected. ICE officials have told Congress that they tried to prevent Lopez Sanchez from bonding out of jail, but failed to do so because authorities in San Francisco, a so-called sanctuary city, ignored an immigration detainer for the defendant. Not surprisingly, despite the damning data provided by ICE officials, Obama's former DHS secretary, Jay Johnson, told, you know, I can't even make up a funny name for him because his name's funny already. Told the Senate, well, his first name is, is a letter that they felt compelled to spell out. And last name, Johnson, is another name for... I'll let you figure it out. Told the Senate Judiciary Committee in April 2015 that he did not believe visa sanctions against recalcitrant countries was the right policy, saying, I don't necessarily believe that we ought to suspend immigration travel from any of these countries because of this particular issue. Are you nuts? Somehow we suspect... Trump administration disagrees with the former DHS secretary on the seriousness of this particular issue. Jay Johnson is a bonehead. It's in his name. Just like B.J. Clinton. There is new news coming out of Venezuela. All the following articles are from Fox News. Why? Because that's where she went. Tulio Linares saw four of his relatives and a neighbor die one by one in Venezuela. It all happened last within a week, following a family meal where they had ingested one of the few staples that are still available and affordable in the starved nation, the starchy yucca o cassava. Now, come on, the name says yuck. It's got yuck in it. Yucca. Ugh. The explanation came in the autopsy's results. The Linares and their friend had ingested the wrong kind of yucca, the so-called bitter yucca, which is inadvertently being sold in the street as sweet yucca. The two roots are almost undistinguishable, yet one is banned from the market because it contains a component, hydrocyanic acid, that becomes poisonous if not properly processed. Yeah, cyanide poisoning. The difficulty to set them apart is taking lives. Unofficial reports count at least 29 yucca-related deaths since October, including a two-year-old girl last week. Dozens have been intoxicated 
to different degrees. All I can say is... Uh, yeah. Socialism is great, isn't it? Yeah, it looks like it. I mean, that's why I keep it's pretty reporting bad. You on know, the... they're being taken out by a yucca. Well, that's why I keep <laughs> reporting on Venezuela because this is where they want us to go. Yep. They'll say no. We want to be like Europe. Really? I don't want to be like Europe. Europe is full of refugees, Brian. I hate their government. I, I hate their form of government. I hate the way they treat their their citizens. Like, complete crap. The minute they passed hate speech law, that's the SN. Bye. Gone. Country. Toast. <clears throat> the sweet version of the tuber has become a popular option for the lower classes, and even McDonald's is using it since 2015 as a replacement for potato chips. I hope they're not doing it here. I have no idea. McDonald's is here. They do it they, they do it everywhere. Yeah, but McDonald's doesn't sell potato chips. Not here in Butte anyway. I don't know. They just have french Ask fries. Them. Just go, do you sell potato chips? Because uh, Subway sells potato chips. So we're going to talk about Subway, although I want that new hero. Italian. Is it at Subway? Mm-hmm. Not the BMT one. This is a brand. This is a temporary one. It's called uh, the Italian, and it's got three kinds of Italian meats, cheeses, and uh, it's just good, yummy. And it actually looks like a lot of meat, not like that thing you brought home. Okay, you sure? That thing it's was not... more more bread. You sure you're not thinking of Arby's? Absolutely positive. Okay, because Arby's got that new. Thing we positive. got the we got the meats positive. That's why McDonald's came out with theirs. Now they got the meats. I bet it tastes pretty good with some Italian dressing on it. Anyway, back to yuccas. According to the 2016 lip, wait a minute. Can't they? It says bitter. Can't they taste that thing first to make sure it's not? I mean, just take a piece off, stick it on your tongue. If it's bitter, wrong one. I understand. How did they eat it not knowing it wasn't sweet? Because it couldn't taste sweet. It was. It tastes bitter. So what? I. I don't get people. They're eating out of garbage pails, Brian. They do that here, according to the 2016 Living Conditions Survey. One of the more noticeable changes in food patterns from the previous year is proteins being replaced by vegetables and tubers. In 2015, Venezuelans predominantly bought flour, rice, bread, pasta, chicken, and meat. All those now in the luxury category for the vast majority. And that's just what we're flour, saying, right? Flour yep. is luxury? Yep. That, that's the only thing they have when you pour is tortillas. You can't take that away. They're giving it to the rich. And, by the way, since they're not going to have meat, they're going to be insane. The whole country is going to go and say, you have to, there's, there's a substance in red meat. If you don't eat it, your brain doesn't work right. They are, they're taking them off meat. Forget red meat. I don't know that they ever had that. Uh, but I'm just saying, maybe that's why they're all the way they are. They're because eating they didn't flamingos. Eat, they didn't eat red meat. They're eating flamingos. That's not red meat. And dogs. That's red meat. But not the kind of dog, beef. 
They're eating dogs. They do that in China. And probably North Korea. If they haven't already done that or eaten all the dogs already. So the deadly yucca is a matter of great concern, especially because it is sold by untraceable, unknowing individuals who are just trying to make a buck. Okay, Brian, where is the UN during this crisis in Venezuela? Where is who? The UN. I don't care about Who cares what the UN is doing? Well, no, because this is what they're touting. They're always for these these poor countries. They're not doing... They're sending no aid there. Maybe Venezuela don't want it. The and Venezuela... If they say aid there, it goes to the military and the government, the people don't see squat. Same, that, that's how Cuba's been forever. And they followed the Cuba model. So there you go. Oh, back to this. So, the deadly yucca is a matter of great concern, especially because it is sold by untraceable, unknowing individuals... Who are just trying to make a buck. A member of the Linares... How much could you... A buck? What can you buy with a buck there? Well, we talked about their currency, too. Unless it's our buck. You're trying to make an American buck? They're talk, we talked about their currency, remember? Yeah. How much it takes for, for a dollar of yeah, ours? Yeah, Bolivar. Yep. You can look up Bolivar. Currency. Um, a member of the Linares family bought three kilos of deadly cassava from a street vendor in a popular Caracas neighborhood last month. She paid 1,000 bolivars, $1.4 per kilo. Yeah, but it's 1,000 bolivars. <laughs> U.S. currency. When you say dollar, it means U.S. currency. I know, but it cost her 1,000 of their currency. Right. That's how it works. For a dollar. That's how inflation works. And we'd be, we'd be right, we'd be past them. If we weren't a uh, reserve currency, we'd, we'd be in worse shape than they are. Well, and I told you when I went to the store the other day, I bought these little, it, it comes in little packages of avocados, these tiny avocados. And the packages were, were $2 each. And I went into the store the other day and it was $4.95 for the same exact package. Supply and demand. Supply exceeds demand. But th- th- everyone's saying that... There's also inflation, but not that period of time that much. Uh, and, our infl- and our inflation has been pretty capped um, by the Fed, keeping it at 0%, which now they're suddenly going to raise it because Trump's in charge. Twice so they raised it they, already. They kept, they kept it zero to save Obamanus. Purpose. Those people need to get... Uh, those people need to be gone. They're not supposed to be politically... No, no politics at all in the Federal Reserve. Not supposed to do that, but it, but they're playing politics because they're told you control the economy. The economy is everything, as you're seeing with the thousand boulevards. Well, that's a good. How point. would you like to go buy, pay a thousand dollars for a loaf of bread? If right now they just took our, our reserve currency away, it'd probably be more than that. And we might just completely crash and burn, have to start over. Which is what the left wants. Because they believe when we start over, we're going to write a constitution that lives and breathes and takes care of people, makes sure cradle grave. They actually said it in the hearings. These people are bold. They're actually coming out and saying now. Whom? 
The progs. As usual, you keep saying generalities. These people. Who are these people? Well, the progs, especially in the Senate. Identify them. Who are they? I forget the woman's name. She's an idiot. But I heard her voice, and she's like, I believe with all of my heart. Murkowski? No, the other old idiot. Old? Yeah, she's old. I have no idea. I believe Susan Collins, maybe. I don't know. Snow? I don't know. They all run together. Snow is from Maine. She's one of the two witches for me. She believes with all her heart that the Constitution is a living, breathing document, and it cannot be refuted that it is. That's what she said at the uh, hearings for Borsa, whatever his name is. Yeah, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. It doesn't live, it doesn't breathe, it doesn't change on its own. No. That's why there's an amendment process. If it lived and breathed, why would they bother putting an amendment in it? Article 5. Why would they put that process in there? There's two kinds there. Why would they do that? It lives and breathes. It doesn't. And you're allowed to believe whatever you want, lady. But that doesn't mean it's reality. And reality says, you're wrong. What was our new name for... Chucky Schmucky Schumer. We renamed him. Huh? You said he was a sinister. Weed. Sinister. That's it. Sinister Schumer. I cannot vote for this man. He does hold on. You know. Again. I. I. He's going to filibuster. I hope they. I hope they pull the nuclear option on him. Again, I would better better get on McConnell's case, people. That nuclear option has to absolutely happen. We need an up and down. Vote on Gorsuch, not a filibuster, 61 votes. Although I don't trust him. You can't trust him. But if they filibuster, the only thing you can do is the nuclear option, which is take the filibuster away. Yeah, you said that even if they did that and they they didn't confirm him, Trump would just send it. He's got a list of 20 people. He'll just keep throwing people at them. Yeah, but the problem is, in the meantime, they're hearing cases up there that he's not hearing and they're deciding those cases and we don't want that. Yeah, but if And they do want that. And they're going to do everything to make sure we don't get anybody in that seat. Because that's why he was killed in the first place. So that they could put a, a left-wing loon in there and control the country and it would be it. Bad, you're going to you left-wing loons think you're going to love it. You might in the beginning, but you are going to be so sorry you've gone down this path to serfdom. Uh you laugh all you want. You think you're going to be one of the elites? <laughs> well, that's what a lot of these people in Venezuela thought. I th- I'm telling you right now. Well, they were. A lot of them are elites, and they're doing just fine. Like I said, all the money goes to the military and those in the government, not the people. So if we give them money, they just build up, give it to the military to build up or just have a party. I don't know. <sighs> but they don't. it does, doesn't trickle down to the people. But that's what happens when you end up in a tyrannical government, which we're not yet, but man, we're a couple steps away. Uh, anyway, within hours, the family members started w- with severe stomach ache and vomiting. Jesus Maria Cruz, 53, Don Tulio's brother-in-law, was the first to die. Doctors didn't link the case to yucca poisoning ruling instead convulsive syndrome and cerebral edema as cause of death. But alarms went off when during Jesus Maria's funeral, 
The next day, Don Tulio's son, 19-year-old Jonathan, suddenly became ill and died before getting to the hospital. A few days later, it was the turn of another brother-in-law, 65-year-old Alonzo Cruz, followed by Cruz's wife. Autopsies revealed that the deaths were due to bitter cassava poisoning, but the victims' families are still waiting official word from the scientific police. There's scientific police? (laughs) We would call them CSIs. Okay. I guess. It's been almost a month, and they still do not give us answers in the police, and they're still selling food on the streets like nothing, said Tulio Linares, told Fox News. The Venezuelan government has not issued any warnings about the bitter cassava. President Nicolas Maduro has not addressed the deaths in public except for one time when he was speaking about one of his opponents in Congress, Julio Borges, saying he was more bland than bitter cassava ice cream. Why are these people not rising up? Bitter cassava ice cream? Yuck. Why is this man still in power while the people are completely dying and starving and... Because, because all they could do is impeach him, I guess, or rip him out of office. But I they, don't know what protections were put in there under Chavez, so... Uh, because they did that to one of the president of Brazil, right? Wasn't she Brazil? Yep. And they got her out. Yep. And there was another country where they literally pulled them out of office physically and got rid of them. Down, down South America. Something we should have did to Obama. You still want him to go to jail. Yes, I do. When hunger drew tens of thousands of Venezuelans to the streets in protests last summer, President Nicolas Maduro turned to the military to manage the country's diminished food supply, putting generals in charge of everything from butter to rice. But instead of fighting hunger, the military is making money from it. An Associated Press investigation shows. That's what grocer Jose Campos found when he ran out of pantry staples this year. In the middle of the night, he would travel to an illegal market run by military to buy pallets of corn flour at 100 times the government set price. The military would be watching over whole bags of money Campos said. They always had what I needed. With much of the country on the verge of starvation and billions of dollars at stake, food trafficking has become one of the biggest businesses in Venezuela, the AP found. And from generals, when is it okay to start a sentence with a conjunction? Maybe there's a rule I don't know about, but that's a new thing. Everybody does it. However would be better. Than and. However, from generals to foot soldiers, the military is at the heart of the graft, according to documents and interviews with more than 60 officials, business owners, and workers, including five former generals. As a result, food is not reaching those who most need it. What did I tell you? This is, this is just a mirror copy of Cuba. That that's how Cuba is. You've been lied to. Nothing good about Cuba. Nothing. As a result, they're not getting to the people. The U.S. government has taken notice. Prosecutors have opened investigations against senior Venezuelan officials. 
you know, I almost said senior because it's the senior spelled like that. I got to go to break. Uncooperative radio show. You stay tuned. Cause we'll be right back. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our prosperity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. When was the last time you read the Constitution or reviewed the Bill of Rights? When was the last time you read them to your children? These documents, the foundation of this great nation, are not documents to be ignored. They are to be embraced. So sit down and read them to your children. And a tool you can use to do this is a little book called The Citizen's Rulebook. To receive a copy, call 602-258-6406. It only costs a dollar and can mean the difference in your children's understanding of the country they live in. Some political watchers are saying this could be the nastiest, most negative election season of all time. This campaign season seems like candidates have taken dirty to a whole new level. When pundits start shouting and politicians start calling each other's names, it can seem like a return to civility is not possible. Like they, the very idea is a relic of some bygone, bygone era. John Adams is a blind, bald, crippled, toothless man who wants to start a war with France. While he's not busy importing mistresses from Europe, he's trying to marry one of his sons to a daughter of King George. Haven't we had enough monarchy in America? I'm Thomas Jefferson, and I approve this message because John Adams is a hideous, hermaphroditical character with neither the force and firmness of a man nor the gentleness and sensibility of a woman. If Thomas Jefferson wins, murder, robbery, rape, adultery, and incest will be openly taught and practiced. The air will be rent with the cries of the distressed. The soil will be soaked with blood and the nation black with crimes. Are you prepared to see your dwellings in flames? Female chastity violated? Children writhing on a pike? I'm John Adams, and I approve this message because Jefferson is the son of a half-breed Indian squaw raised on hoe cakes, and Hamilton is a Creole bastard brat of a Scotch peddler. The nastiest, most negative election... Candidates have taken dirty to a whole new... It can life. seem like a return to civility is not possible. During his term as Speaker of the California State Assembly, Antonio Villaraigosa addressed the Southwest Voter Registration Project annual conference in 1997, telling them in so many words that Latino elected officials who do not support illegal immigration do not deserve to be in office. Part of today's reality has been propositions like 187, propositions like 209, the welfare reform bill, which targeted legal immigrants and targeted us as a community. That's been the midnight. We know that the sunny side of midnight has been the election of a Latino speaker. It was the election of Loretta Sanchez 
against an arch-conservative, reactionary, hate-mongering politician like Congressman Dornan. Today in California, in the legislature, we're engaged in a great debate when not only were we talking about denying education of the children of undocumented workers, but now we're talking about whether or not we should provide prenatal care to undocumented mothers. It's not enough to elect Latino leadership if they're supporting legislation that denies the undocumented driver's licenses. They don't belong in office, friends. They don't belong here. If they can't stand up and say, you know what? I'm not ever going to support a policy that denies prenatal care to the children of undocumented mothers. They don't belong here. I'm Sheriff David Clark, and I want to talk to you about something personal, your safety. It's no longer a spectator sport. I need you in the game. But are you ready? With officers laid off and furloughed, simply calling 911 and waiting is no longer your best option. You can beg for mercy from a violent criminal, hide under the bed, or you can fight back. But are you prepared? Consider taking a certified safety course in handling a firearm so you can defend yourself until we get there. You have a duty to protect yourself and your family. We're partners now. Can I count on you? This safety message brought to you by the Milwaukee County Sheriff's Office. Welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show. Hour half of two. Yes? No. No? No. Where are we? Three. We're at three? Three. Oh, no. Here, you want to tell the folks about this before we go on? Okay. Before we go on. I don't know. So you sit there listening to this in your comfort of your living room and going, how can I listen to this show live? I, I just like listening live. Well... You can download and listen to all our shows for free at uncooperativeradio.com. That includes the Patriots Pub and Women of the Revolution. One-stop shopping, uncooperativeradio.com. We can also be heard on iHeart, iTunes, TalkShoe, Podbean, Blueberry, Yabba-Dabba-Doo, I don't know. There's more. LinkedIn comes to mind. We have a Facebook page and... Hopefully in five days they'll be deleting it because it's wrapped up in Facebook prison. Which is why I've gone over to Votable. If you don't know about Votable, you should go check it out. Votable.com. It's much better than the Facebook interface. You can still post from it to Facebook and Twitter. And it, it works really well. I like it. And it's complete free speech. You, no political no nonsense, no putting you, your account in prison or downloading your, your, your post so nobody can read it. None of that's done. Every, this is straight up. And we need to get over there in large numbers before the left finds it because the left will come in great numbers and destroy it like they did the last one. We don't want that. Votable.com. Free. It's free. It's free. As is the downloading and listening to all our shows. 
I have a, we do have a Twitter account, however, and they haven't locked it up. And I, I know they're probably pushing down everything from it. So I'm, I, I noticed I'm not reaching people the way I used to. And it, I just had another big hundred, hundreds of people leave me again from Facebook. Just boop. Every couple of months it happens. It happens every time I'm in above 8,000, it purges and drops me down to 7,000, whatever. And you know, it's all in one day. So you, it's not happening. Hundreds of people didn't decide to leave my Facebook page on the same day. That's just ridiculous. So it's Facebook. But, uh, and then there's Twitter. Anyway, our Twitter account is Uncooperative Radio. So just, just do a search for Uncooperative Radio. If you want my personal Twitter account, it's at Brian Bonner. And my personal Facebook is Brian Bonner 90. We are rebroadcasted on redstatetalkradio.com. And that's 24 7 conservative talk radio streaming to shows at the same time in other words there's there are two stages there's prime and then there's what's it called prime and encore uh, encore where are the encore channel if you go to redstatetalkradio.com or let's say you want to listen to us on tune in or talk stream live or the roku well, through redstatetalkradio.com, you can listen to our show on all three of those places. Now, if you've got no data, you just can't listen, because uh, you're limited like, like myself, there's a phone you can call. It's just a regular phone number. Whatever charges on your end is what it's going to cost you. It's not We don't charge anything. And you can listen to it and only listen. You can't talk. It's not a call-in number, okay? So our listener line is 605-562-4221. And I'm not going to repeat it because, you know what, it's right on the player. You go to redstatetalkradio.com, look on the right side, you have two players there. Uh, underneath each one as the phone numbers. So there's a phone number for Prime, too. All right, um, where was I? Oh, while you're at redstatetalkradio.com, don't forget to grab the free newsletter. It's really good. You'll like it. I, I guarantee it. If you don't, return just hit unsubscribe. We don't pay attention. Don't don't worry about it. Anyway, our commercials you might you might hear here and there. They might think I'm getting paid for them. Well, no. We don't get paid to add commercials. We only get paid if people call the number in the ad. So please write down the number in the ad and use that number to query about it. You don't have to buy anything. You just have to be interested. Go find out about it. Um, that's it. Right, but that's how we get paid, when you actually call the number. So if you're interested, please call the number in our ad. Don't get it on your own, or we won't get paid. Now, where was I? Uh... The U.S. government has taken notice. Prosecutors have opened investigations against senior Venezuelan officials, including members of the military, for laundering riches from food contracts through the U.S. financial system, according to four people with direct knowledge of the probes. No charges have been brought. Now, how can they do that? 
I mean, really, we're helping them launder money? Yeah. They figured out a way to launder money by using the money we unconstitutionally give them. Lately, food is a better business than drugs, said retired General Cliver Alcala, who helped oversee Venezuela's border security. The military is in charge of food management now, and they're not going to just take that on without their cut. So what's the problem? After opposition attempts to overthrow him, the late President Hugo Chavez began handling the military control over to the food industry, creating a food ministry in 2004. 2004, not 2004. I've been listening to other people too much. His socialist-run government nationalized farms and food processing plants, then neglected them, and domestic production dried up. Oil exporting Venezuela became dependent on food imports. But when the price of oil collapsed in 2014, the government no longer could afford all the country needed. Food rationing grew so severe that Venezuelans spent all day waiting in lines. This is socialism, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it is. This is what they want here. Yep. Pediatric wards filled up with underweight children and formerly middle-class adults began picking through trash bins for scraps. And again, this could be us. Yeah, and you know what the elites in the religious section said? Sector said? Nope. Having the people that... Tell the people that have the food, if they're throwing out their food scraps, to label the bags. We did this on our radio show. And, and, yeah, put the bags out of food scraps. Right, as food scraps so that other people could eat. This is completely outrageous, beyond belief. That's how you feed a pig, not a person. I know. This is beyond outrageous. This is why I keep reporting on this. Uh, These are the people we want in our country? No. That's the people our government want in our country. Yes. Because you can see, they're used to to socialism. When people responded with violent street protests, Maduro handed the generals control over the rest of food distribution and the country's ports. The government now imports nearly all of Venezuela's food, according to Werner Gutierrez, a former dean of the agronomy school, at the University of Zulia. And corruption is rampant, jacking up prices and leading to shortages. If Venezuela paid market prices, we'd be able to double our imports and easily satisfy the country's food needs, Gutierrez said. Instead, people are starving. One South American businessman said he paid millions in kickbacks to Venezuelan officials as the hunger crisis worsened, including $8 million to people who work for the current food minister, General Rodolfo Marco Torres. The businessman insisted on speaking anonymously because he did not want to acknowledge participating in the corruption. But, and again, I keep saying this in this country, our citizens and our bureaucrats are doing this to our own people. They're doing it to their own people. What kind of a mindset do you have to have to go to sleep at night? You're starving your own people. He's not starving. But he's starving his own people. But he's not starving. I'm just saying. 
<clears throat> Last July, he struggled to get Marco Torres' attention as a ship full of yellow corn waited to dock. This boat has been waiting for 20 days, he wrote in text messages seen by the AP. What's the problem, responded Marco Torres. Yeah, but they all have smartphones. They have no food, but they have smartphones. They can text. Yes. Good Lord. Although, well, these are the these are the elites, not the general people. The regular people don't have cell phones. Are you sure? I don't. I don't know how they could afford it. Well, the people here in the United States on welfare all have cell phones. Oh, it's because the government pays for it and computers. But the government doesn't have any money, so how is it going to pay for it? And microwaves. They have everything here. These people don't work, and they have everything. You Big forgot, screen you TVs. Forgot, you forgot Xbox or PlayStation, whichever. They have those, too. Yeah, they're all on welfare. They live better than we are. They got more bandwidth than we have. Maybe we should go on welfare. We could afford more bandwidth. <laughs> they might give it unlimited free. It, this is I know it's funny, but it's not really. It's it's funny, haha. Not funny, haha. <laughs> Although money was not mentioned, the businessman understood that he needed to give more kickbacks. In the end, he told the general the boat had to pull out because costs caused by the delay were mounting. Bank documents from the businessman's country show that he was a big supplier, receiving at least one hundred thirty-one million dollars in contracts from Venezuelan food ministers between twenty twelve and twenty fifteen. He explained that vendors like him can afford to pay off military officials because they build huge profit margins into what they bill the state. For example, his $52 million contract for the yellow corn was drawn up to be charged at a more than double the market rate at the time, suggesting a potential overpayment of more than $20 million for that deal alone. Food Ministry's annual report shows significant overpayments across the board compared to market prices, and the prices in government pays for imported foods have been increasing in recent years, while global food prices remain stable. Well, didn't now, how come our food prices aren't stable? They're though? not. Yeah, because we got to, we have too much government. And you found this out when you worked, when you were in the military, when you were in the Air Force, the waste that goes on. Oh, God, yes. This spring, the opposition-controlled Congress voted to censure Marco Torres for graft. Maduro vetoed it as an attempt to hurt the food ministry, and Marco Torres stayed on as minister. Internal budgets from the ministry obtained by AP show the overpayment continues. For example, the government budgeted for $118 million of yellow corn in July, at $357 a ton, a ton is 2,000 pounds, which would amount to an overpayment of more than $50 million relative to prices that month. What's amazing about this is it's like a clean form of corruption, said Cairo Bubbo, state lawmaker, Needy Rosal, I'm going to call it, I'm going to call it Needy, who has denounced food related government theft worth hundreds of millions of dollars. It's like drug trafficking. You can carry out broad daylight. You know what this reminds me of? What Obamacare is doing. It's almost the exact same thing. 
They're racking up the prices of everything, right? Because oh, the, the prices of insurance for the insurance is going up and up and up. Right. And uh, thanks to uh, your elected cockroaches, you're stuck with it till it collapses, which it will, which it was always intended to collapse. But it's been defunded. He did it with executive order. That he could do. He just defunded it. But this reminds me of it because what did we do? We took our health care, which a, is something. Which is broader. This is, the whole government has been socialist for quite a while now. Right. And this is what happens. It happened fast in this country. It happened slower in Europe. You run out of pe- other people's money to spend. And then you then you have to borrow. But notice, they target, that. that's what I'm trying to do my analogy. They target something that is essential to people. Like food is essential to people. Healthcare is essential to people. And if they get control... Food is more important than healthcare. But if they get control of an, an essential need, then they can take you over. Oh, then they can control you. That would require a lot of people fall into that then yes but again no this was designed to collapse so that they could go oh my god just take over health care and now we have government run health care that is, was the plan which is it's not essential, gonna happen now which is an essential need yeah but that's step one we're nowhere near this Susan. we've got a lot of ground to cover yeah but they are pushing it brian yep they're pushing it and we're pushing back Marco Torres did not respond to several requests for comment by phone, email, and hand-delivered letter. In the past, he has said that he will not be trapped in fights with bourgeoisie opposition. God, bringing up the bourgeoisie. By putting the military in charge of food, Maduro is trying to prevent soldiers from going hungry and being tempted to partake in an uprising against an increasingly unpopular government said retired General Antonio Rivero. Venezuela's military has a long history of coups against governments, and Maduro has arrested several officials for allegedly conspiring against him from within. They gave absolute control to the military, Rivero said, from exile. He's in exile? He's in Miami. What happened? You scrolled, went crazy. Oh, there it is. Uh, being tempted to participate in an uprising. Ah, we just lost our connection. Oh, no. Oh, no. Come on. Uh, (laughs) It's not here. Oh, you got to go over there and find out what's going on, Susan. It's gone. (laughs) No, you need to find out what's going on. Okay, just keep going. Yeah, that's the plan. Oh, look, the idol's still up. Okay. No, no, it's still there. Hold on a minute. What is it still just, there? It didn't reconnect. Oh, there it went to zero percent transmission. Okay. You got to go over there and check it out. Okay. Oh, we can switch to my phone real fast. Well, you got to talk, dear. Um, all right. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, I know. It's trying to reconnect, but not. Bugle call went offline. Uh, it gone. It's gone. All right, let's keep talking, though. We're doing, uh, talking about the military and coups and blah blue Rivera said from exile in Miami, 
That drained the feeling of rebellion from the armed forces and allowed them to feed their families. However, it also opened the door to widespread graft and further squeezed the food supply, in large part due to concerns of corruption following the government's takeover of the food industry. The three largest global food traders, U.S.-based Archer Daniels Midland Company, Bungie LTD, and Cargill, have stopped selling to the Venezuelan government. One major scam involves the strict currency controls that have been a hallmark of the administration. The government gives out a limited amount of coveted U.S. currency at a rate of 10 bolivars to the dollar. Almost everyone else has to buy dollars on the ever more expensive black market, currently at 3,000 bolivars to the dollar. The holders of licenses to import food are among the select few who get to buy dollars at the vastly cheaper rate. Alcala, the retired general, said some officials distribute these much-desired licenses to friends The friends then use only a fraction of the dollars to import food and share the rest with officials. We call it scraping the pot, and it's the biggest scam going on in Venezuela. Really. Venezuela. Trying to do two things in one here, sorry. In 2014, one general presented Maduro with a list of 300 companies suspected of simply pocketing the cheap dollars. Well, pick it up. Come on, you can do it. Pick it up. Okay, we're back. In 2014, one general presented Maduro with a list of 300 companies suspected of simply pocketing the cheap dollars they obtained with their licenses and not importing anything. No action was ever taken, and the general was forced into exile. Accused of corruption. Some contracts go to companies that have no experience dealing in food or seem to exist only on paper. Did you fail to plug in the phone? You're the one who set it up next door. I didn't. I I know. I said this needs to get plugged in when I left. Okay, we're back? On my phone. Okay, good. Since your phone's dead. (laughs) It is. Oh my goodness! That's you keep doing that. And that phone's garbage. Well, I didn't, didn't know you put in plug it in, Brian. You usually do. You always take care of it, especially when it's over here with us. I was in a hurry. <clears throat> Some contracts go to companies that have no experience in dealing with food, or seem to exist only on paper. Financial documents obtained by the AP show that Marco Torres gave Panama registered company Atlas Systems International a four-point... So you got to stop standing in front of the phone. Now, just, now you're blocking the signal.
Marco Torres gave Panama registered company Atlas Systems International a $4.6 million contract to import pasta. Atlas has all the hallmarks of a shell company, including no known assets and the use of secretive shares to hide the identity of the company's true owners. Another government, you're right in front of it again. Move faster, please. Another government food supplier, J.A. Comercio de Generos Alimenticos, lists on its website a non-existent address on a narrow, partially paved street in an industrial city near Sao Paulo, Brazil. The two companies transferred more than $5.5 million in U.S. dollars in 2012 and 2013 to a Geneva account controlled by two young Venezuelans, according to bank and internal company documents seen by AP. This is terrible, Brian. This is our U.S. This is our money. (laughs) How are we going to be able to, to handle this happening over and over and over again? How much can we take? Of all the pressures that are coming onto the United States right now. I don't know. It's not supposed to be, so there's no good answers. Um, where was I? Uh, AP. The Venezuelans were Jesus Marquina Para and Nestor Marquina Para, brothers-in-law of the then food minister, General Carlos Osorio. Efforts to reach the brothers were unsuccessful. Osario is no longer food minister, but has an even more important role in overseeing food. He was promoted in September to Inspector General of the Armed Forces, with the mission of ensuring transparency in the military's management of the nation's food supply. How's that working out for them? Arturo Sanchez, a former supply chain manager at a multinational dairy company, recounted unpleasant encounters with Osario in one case, Officers forced the company to buy fructose it didn't need because they wanted to unload merchandise he suspected was ill-gotten. Another time, he said, National Guardsmen took four trucks of goods without paying. Sanchez fled in Flor- to Florida in 2014. I spent a year living in the U.S. not being able to sleep, remembering all the risky situations I lived through, he said. Asaro did not respond to requests for comment. But in the past, he threatened to sue opposition lawmakers for staining his honor with false accusations of corruption. He blamed an economic war for the food shortages. Well, and that's, again, it sounds just like Caesar. He was blaming everything else except what was really going on. Uh Uh-huh. Right? Yes. Mean he doesn't understand personal responsibility? Nope. Nope. Okay, let me finish this paragraph, please. Mm-hmm. Um, Osorio did not respond. You said that already. But in the past, he threatened. Oh, I did. Yep. The defense ministry and presidential press office refused to answer repeated calls, emails, and hand-delivered letters requesting comment. In the past, officials have accused the opposition of exaggerating the problem of corruption for political gain. They have said that the military's hierarchical structure makes it ideally suited to combat the real culprits, right-wing businessmen trying to bring down the economy. And with that, we're going to go to a break. Show Cooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, because we'll be right back.
Welcome to the Red State Cafe. My name is Darla. You ready to order, sweetie? Your omelets are made with organic eggs, right? They come from a chicken's ass. That organic enough for you, sugar? Uh, what's your pork? Is it steroid-free? It is by the time Chef Earl is done with it, honey. Well, how about your chicken fried steak? That's made with free-range chicken, right? Free-range? We can't afford to give it away, darling. Look, I don't see it on the menu, but can you just make me a progressive omelet? Sugar, you're in the wrong restaurant. At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement. They gave me the tools I needed to get sober, and all it took was the one phone call. Elite Rehab can help you start to break your addiction problem and get sober in as little as seven days. And we'll work with your insurance provider to help cover the costs. Plus, we have travel assistance programs to get you here by plane or train. Make this free call right now to learn more. 800-917-2194 That's 800-917-2194 What is term life insurance? It's basically a financial protection plan for your family if you pass away. It can be a hard purchase. Think about it. It's one of the few major purchases you can make that you will personally never use. But you've got to have it to protect your family. And you owe it to yourself to shop and compare to get the best possible rates. For term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more, call the term lifeline today at 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. See if you qualify for up to $1 million in coverage for as little as $3 a day. We'll gladly compare multiple carriers to get you the best possible rates. So call now. 800-430-1891. Sample rate cited requires qualifying medically in the preferred non-tobacco rate class. Attention users of the blood-thinning drug Xarelto. If you took the drug Xarelto and experienced complications such as cerebral hemorrhage, gastrointestinal bleeding or other internal bleeding, or if a loved one has died after taking Xarelto, you may be eligible to get a cash award for your suffering. Call the Xarelto Help Hotline now at 855-719-3101, 855-719-3101. To qualify for a cash settlement, you must file a claim before the deadline. So don't miss your opportunity for a cash settlement. Call 855-719-3101 now for a free no-obligation consultation. Our call center is open 24-7. So if you took the drug Xarelto and experienced cerebral hemorrhage, gastrointestinal bleeding, or other internal bleeding, or if a loved one has died after taking Xarelto, call the Xarelto Help Hotline at 855-719-3101, 855-719-3101. That's 855-719-3101. If you are struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? 
Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813. 800-215-6813. This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details. Not available in all states. Back to the Cooperative Radio Show, our half of three. Now, see, uh, never mind. It, it's our half of two, and it was two before, not three, when you corrected me. Brian, this is the third hour. I know it is. <laughs> All right, from time to time, the government carries out raids of warehouses, holding smuggled goods, and arrests lowering ranking military officers accused of graft. Oh, by the way, uh, on the NDAA, Obama has passed and his little executive orders. If there's a state of emergency declared, the military has the right to confiscate everything. Food, property, vehicles, everything. And we'd instantaneously turn into this. For example, the night market in Carabobo state where Campos bought his corn flour was eventually shut down and 57 tons of smuggled food seized. Now Campos buys staples from intermediaries he suspects are working with the same military officials. In January, the government quietly arrested 40 state work employees for stealing large quantities of food from open air markets. One of those still in the jail is a colonel who had been named by Osorio to serve as president of a state agency that imported food. We have the moral fortitude and the discipline to take on this task of protecting what belongs to the people. The defense minister, General Vladimir Padrino Lopez, said in September. Well, where did he come up with Vladimir? It, it, that's a Russian name. Yeah, well, Russia's in, hand in hand with a lot of people in Venezuela, dear. True. That, that's why I had to ask the question. The other thing is that notice they're not producing anything. They're not producing their own food. No, importing. Like we do mostly. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I know. I just don't understand why we can't eat our own cows. I don't either. Uh, the state has an obligation to root out corruption at all levels of public administration. Yeah, right. It's the customer who pays, and yet the corruption persists from the port to the markets, according to dozens of people working in Puerto Cabello, or Cabello, the town that handles the majority of Venezuela's food imports. Sometimes the officials who control access to the docks keep ships waiting until they are paid off, said a stevedore at the port. 
who spoke anonymously because he feared losing his job. The stevedore said, Clients give him envelopes of dollars to pass on to officials. They described visiting the sergeant in charge and making small talk while placing an envelope in the wastebasket. Then he slides the basket under the table and leaves. That night, his client's ships are allowed in, he said. After ships unload their cargo, custom officials take their share. According to four custom workers, they said that without a payment equivalent to a month's minimum wage, officials will not start the process of nationalizing goods. Bribes are also required for any missing paperwork and can exceed $10,000 for a single shipping container, customs worker Eldemar Diaz said. Sometimes you actually want to do it legally, but the officials will say, don't bother, he said. Luis Pena, operations director at the Caracas-based import business Premier Foods, said he pays off a long roster of military officials for each shipment of food he brings in from small-scale companies in the U.S. You have to pay for them to even look at your cargo now, he said. It's an unbroken chain of bribery from when your ship comes in until the food is driven out to, in trucks. Worst of all, he added, this is that he is forced to pay to skip a health inspection. Officials make him buy a health certificate and don't even open the containers to test the sample, he said. A visitor's process also takes place on the border, said Alcala, the retired general who was once in charge a border patrol. Is everything okay out there? Yep. This year, Venezuelan began posting photos and videos showing magnets pulling teeny iron shavings out of freshly opened bags of sugar smuggled in from Brazil. Penny said, what's that noise about? I don't know. It's fine. Unless the weasel got them, right? No, they're right here. Okay. Uh, Pena said his contacts at the port have offered to illegally sell him government-imported staples like sugar and rice, complete with false papers and a military escort. Okay, so didn't they... So they put metal filings in with the flour to make it way more. And with the sugar. 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 I bet they're doing... And the flour, too. I bet they're doing everything. Uh, I don't... I just don't believe this. Well, and... This This is what you expect... But you never expected to hear the Associated Press report on it. I know. They won't report on anything here. I've noticed. But they'll do this in-depth report in Venezuela. Right. But good thing is, as you listen to this, you can see quite clearly, this is where Democrats want to take us. And the majority of Republicans in government as well, it seems. Well, because they live in that swamp. They live in a bubble. That's right. You know, I mean, everything there, well, like, everything in D.C. is basically rich people. They're all filthy rich over there. Oh, no. Mm -mm. (laughs) There's a lot of black Americans in D.C. and they're not rich. They're on welfare. So, what you're trying to say is there's no middle class. Right. Possibly. Uh, The military was supposed to step in and make sure the food got to the people, but it's been the exact opposite, said Pena, sitting at his warehouse. 
They've made it into a business, and there's no one to appeal to. In the end, it's the customer who pays. If he tries to get through the process without bribes, he said, the food sits and spoils. Rotting food is a problem, even as 90% of Venezuelans say they can't afford enough to eat. In some cases, partners buy food that is about to expire at a steep discount. Then bill the government for the full price. The government has sometimes acknowledged that food it imported arrived already expired. The problem of rotting food got so bad at Puerto Cabello that it drew rebuke in the most recent state comptroller's report, which expressed particular dismay that thousands of tons of state-imported beans had been allowed to spoil. When the food is no longer usable, the military tries to get rid of it quietly. Puerto Cabello crane operator Daniel Artiega watched one night last winter as workers at a state-run warehouse buried hundreds of containers of spoiled chicken and meat imported by the government. All these refrigerated containers, and meanwhile, people are waiting in food lines each week just to buy a single chicken, he said. Photos taken at the Puerto Cabello dump last year show men in green military fatigues helping bury beef and chicken. Residents at a slum down the hill said after the military visits the dump, they dig up animal feed, potatoes, even ham to give their children. Good Lord, Brian. The, you know what? We do realize this is, the, this is the 20th century, right? The 21st century. I see you forgot. How is this possible? <laughs> I mean, really, I just, it, this is amazing to me. <laughs> and you know, the thing in this here. This would have happened very rapidly in this country if we had elected Hitler. And here, I went to go and get vegetables from the supermarkets to give the chickens because they're going to throw them out if they, they're going bad. And they're no longer they're allowed to it. do it. No. Yeah, not allowed to I, do it I anymore. I asked them to. No, won't do it. But I think it, it, if you wink, wink, say, all right, if I put a box next to the your garbage bin, will you throw it, throw it away in the box? Then you just can take the box and leave. <laughs> well, it's a moot point now. We only have one hen. It is pretty moot point. But she's laying eggs, so not that moot. The docks are hidden behind high concrete walls and guards watch every entrance. AP gained rare access in November. The low-ranking military members assigned to guard the port can be seen collaborating with thieves to steal what little food comes in according to eight people who work behind the walls. You see people making off with whole sacks of flour or corn on their shoulders and paying the guards on their way out. Logistics coordinator Nicole Mendez, uh, Mendoza said, You see the money changing hands, and you just lower your eyes and don't say anything. Lieutenant Maletsi Rodriguez, who is in charge of a group of National Guardsmen running security at the port, said people are just looking to scapegoat the military. If her unit wasn't around, looting would be even more widespread, she said. The majority of us are doing our best, and sooner or later we'll catch people who are not doing the job right, she said. I think I've read enough of this. It goes on forever. Holy, holy cabal. You, wow, that's a lot. I know. Yeah, can't read that. There's lots more. But remember, the links go up. 
after the show, day or two, at uncooperativeblogger.com. You can go there and then click on any links and go to the, go to the store yourself and finish it off. Amid record-breaking poverty rates... Oh, moving on. Sorry. Next article from Fox News. Amid record-breaking poverty rates countrywide, an increasing number of Venezuelans stepping outside the law and trying their luck in the treacherous world of illegal mining. The state of Bolivar, home to one of the largest gold reserves in the world, has seen in recent years a huge inflow of Venezuelans from across the country, despite the well-known fact that the area is parceled up among a number of mafia bands. Now, did you know that Bolivar was one of the largest gold reserves? No. I had no clue. I thought we were. I don't even know where the state of Bolivar is. I should look it up. It should, because it wasn't in South America last time I checked. Would they create a new government? A new country? It's like a parallel government, said one miner to the AFP, asking to remain, remain anonymous. Mostly devoid of any law enforcement or authority, the Orinoco, Orinoco Arc region is often the scene of a deadly shootouts and many miners have mysteriously turned up dead. Each group has its territory, miner Argenis Tarazona, 47, told the news agency. Whoever breaks the rules, whoever robs, they kill him or beat him up, he added. Tarazona is an industrial mechanic, but his salary was not enough to provide for his wife and five children. Given the extreme living conditions, he is one of thousands who left his family behind. I've got no other choice. I was working as a porter, but I couldn't support my three kids, said Gilberto Arrieta, 32, who arrived four months ago. Now I send them 150,000 bolivars a month, approximately $53. Some of the men are bust to the mines every morning, but others sleep on site in malaria-ridden camps, AFP reported. They make somewhere between 260,000 and 1 million bolivars a month. 95 to 360 American dollars. What was the name of that again? Bolivar. They're getting bolivars in Bolivar? The state of Bolivar. state of Bolivar. Um, Anyway, $95, $360 at the black market exchange rate, which is far higher than minimum wage. Miner Ender Moreno, who is only 18, has been working the gold mines for years and says he plans to continue. I'm not afraid, he told the news agency. I'll probably do this till I die. Bolivar State was one of the states of Colombia. Ah, was? Mm-hmm. What is it now? I don't know. I got to go to Wikipedia. Oh, God, Wikipedia. Um, where was I? Go die. My mom says this is no kind of life, but I can't stop because I need the money to help her, he said. I'm young and I want to enjoy life, but when your time is up, it's up. Everyone has to die sometime. According to the head of Venezuelan mining chamber, Luis Rojas, of the gold produced in the country comes from illegal mines. Last year, the government of Nicolas Maduro announced deals with Canadian mining firm Gold Reserve and several Chinese companies authorizing open-pit mining in the Orinoco region. Southeastern Venezuela, that's what it is. It's in Venezuela, but it's in southeastern Venezuela. Okay. 
So it's like, yeah, okay, so it's like one of our states. Right. The agreements were met with resistance by environmentalists and grassroots activists who say the initiative will have severe social and ecological repercussions. We are certain that the Orinoco Arc is an open pit homicide against the environment, affirmed Valentin Guimaraes, 26, who noted that open pit mining used between 450 and 1,060 liters of water per gram of gold extracted. Okay, now we live in a mining city, right? Uh, and that Butte. Berkeley Pit. That's an open pit. Is it? Okay. That's why I, that's why I was asking you. Because they really monitor that thing heavily. Yes. Well, this is here, not over there. I know, and it's not China either. Correct. Gold mining also uses a large amount of land and pollutes water with cyanide and mercury, harming species of wildlife such as dolphins, manatees, crocodiles, and countless species of birds and fish. This resort island was once mobbed with international tourists who loved the sparkling blue water, fine white sand, and flawless sunny days. Now, swimming pools are empty, toilets don't flush, and many hotels can't afford to offer meal service. This project contradicts the eco-socialist principles of the revolution, as well as the entire legal framework we have fought and shed so much blood for, said Yerumi Gonzalez, a member of the far-left group. Like late President Chavez, we make a call to strike at the helm, to resume the revolutionary process, understanding that Chavez himself put a stop to gold reserve, he said. Huh. Gold reserve. So Venezuela is sinking. It's going down. And of course, nobody's going to want to take it over. It's going down. Bruce. Although they have been talking to Russia. We reported that. What about Russia? They've been having talks with Russia. Oh, yeah. Well, Russia talks to lots of people. All right, some headlines. From USA Today, analysis, failure to repeal Obamacare ends terrible week for Trump Republicans. And Twitter celebrates Obamacare's survival with tweets, memes. Okay. Failure to pass Obamacare means Obamacare is going to crash and burn on its own. They're calling it Trump care now. No. Trump care, if they wanted to call it that, was, they are. was not voted upon. So they're not calling it anything. I'm not talking about it. I'm talking about Obamacare, not Ryan Care. But this is the first headline on the cover of USA Today on the internet: failure to repeal Obamacare and a terrible week for Trump. Repu- ha- Trump Republicans. And- He's calling them Trump Republicans, or. He forgot to use the word end. I don't know. Anyway, Obamacare is going to crash and burn. That's the end of that. Um, I'm sorry, everybody. It's going to be whatever thought was going to happen by passing a health care bill, losing this and losing that, it's going to be 10 times worse. But that's what you all, that's what you all want to vote for them, Democrats and Prague Republicans. From the AP, Democrats introduced the Mar-a-Lago Act. Really? Yep. A group of Democrat. Why do they keep calling them Democratic? They're not, that party's called 
Democrat, not Democratic. A group of Democrats, members of Congress, are playing the clever acronym game again, one of the latest to be introduced and to target the Trump administration. They're making access records available to lead American Government Openness Act. Yes, the Mar-a-Lago Act. The legislation would require the publication of White House visitor logs, something that was done regularly by the Obama's administration, but has since ended since President Trump took office. It would also mandate the release of visitor logs at other locations where the president conducts business. For example, Mar-a-Lago, Trump's Florida resort that he has recently called the Southern White House. You can call for anything you want. You're going to pass legislation to require the White House to. I don't. I don't see how you could do that. Not constitutionally. Well, that's why I want to do to analyze this. Well, specifically targeting Trump was a mistake. Well, Bill's going to go nowhere. But uh, this is the kind of games they're going to be playing. It's just stupid and childish. I'll move on. For the Christian Science Monitor, what we know about Trump, Team Russia links, and why that matters. There are no Russia links. There is no smoking gun. There is no smoke. There's no smoke, and there is no fire, because there is no truth to it. It's just grasping at straws. It's them going down. It's the last dying breath of a dying party. And I and I suspect we won't find anything about Russia and Trump at all. Well, why was uh, this... Oh, but someone talked to... Uh, he talked to them. So what? I don't understand why Flynn... Oh, Flynn's suing him now. I don't understand why Flynn, Flynn and Trump even gave a crap about what they had to say. Well, well, what struck me is why was this such a bad week for Trump? Why is USA saying that? You were at the first article, really? Yeah, I didn't. Why are they saying? Because I I read it because to you. Because they want to say it. It doesn't. It, what else did What else didn't go right that week? Nothing. Everything went right except that. What's a horrible week for Trump? Is that a horrible week for Trump? It'd be a regular week for Obama. What? Nothing. That's what I I was asking you to analyze that because that was the first headline. For goodness' sake, that it was such a bad week for Trump. Well, I was on the end of it. Yeah, well, they snuck it in there. What is going on with your computer? You're having know. a hard time. I tried to save something that I shouldn't have. Because <laughs> I forgot I pulled it out. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're never going to give up on Russia. They're just never going to give up on it. No, they, but there's nothing there. There's nothing there. And now because of this and because of them, he can't he can't remove those sanctions from Russia that Obama has put in place, which was his intention. But now, because of all this, he can't do it because it, it feeds into their narrative. And they know that. I don't know how he's going to get anything done, Brian. I really don't. He's already got more done than I thought any president would get done in a year. He got it done in like a, 30 days. Yeah, 65 days of his presidency, I think, or 60. Well, now it is. But, I mean, just what he did in the first 30 days, it, it was amazing. First 50 days, first 100 days. We're not 100 yet. No, we're not there yet. So he doesn't care about this going away. 
They they seem to think he does. He, he t- no, he told them. He said, you know, I could just let Obamacare collapse on its own, but that would hurt a lot of people. So he came up with replacing it. They should have just repealed it straight up and down, repealed the dang thing, got rid of it. I can't, I, I don't know what to say. I don't tell you. He's smart enough to know that. I don't know. Maybe he couldn't. I got to go. This has been the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from uncooperativeblogger.com. You're listening to uncooperativeradio.com. And say goodnight, Susan. Good night, Susan. And we're out of here. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.